0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 80th draft of the Untitled Movie Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside he's allergic to tomatoes, but he's Tomato Meter approved. Eric Marchin,
1: Matt, Sorry, I'm ready Irkin. to get Eric Merkin. I'm ready to get Buck Wild,
0: dude. Yeah, what a week! What a wild, what a Buck Wild week this has been, man. It's this whole week has been. Uh, I mean, we recorded. Um, Imagine how much else has come out since our last uh, episode, which was all about the HBO Max news going all their movies, Warner Brothers putting all their movies on HBO Max. Um, since then, we've gotten more fallout from that. We've had Denny Villeneuve write a, uh, a an opinion piece on was it Variety, yeah. I think. That just literally tore Warner Brothers a new asshole. We've gotten Christopher Nolan talking about how much he loves Fast and the Furious and also how much he hates the HBO Max deal. We got other filmmakers and people coming out on that we had a Disney investor day presentation, which will be the majority of this show. Um, where they announced literally, it feels like hundreds of new things, uh, which are all old things, is the joke people are making online, um, as well as all the Spider-Man three news uh, over the last week, which is you know um, Alfred Molina coming back as Doc Ock, uh, as well as potentially you know Kirsten Dunst, Toby Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and Emma Stone all coming back as well. So it's been. Uh, a wild, you know, week or so, or two weeks since the last time we recorded, but how are you doing otherwise?
1: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I, uh, I got a new coat, which I'm very wow, excited yeah, you told about. you me that. Yeah, now, that
0: was your big thing today, or what? It, it
1: sure was. I mean, I ordered it a, a little while ago. It finally came in. It's, um, a Carhartt, uh, uh, coat. And the reason why I'm excited about it is because I haven't bought a new winter coat for 13 years. So the, so the last time I really, so the coat that Have you I've been had,
0: wearing like a fall coat or the same winter coat,
1: the same winter coat for the last 13 years, I've had it since You're 2008. Econ- economical uh, man. Well, I'm also just very lazy and I just don't really, you know, spend a lot of time, you know, I rarely, investing I'm in the same in clothes. Boat.
0: So I, I'm, I'm, I mean, clothes I buy, I guess not so much anymore. Cause I've worn the same, you know, pair of track pants or shorts every day for the last nine months. Um, but, i uh with my way i'm it's so weird here like our winters get pretty shitty it gets cold and and snowy um but i always just bundle and wear like hoodies and stuff and then wear like a fall jacket or like a i've been wearing a jean jacket out on hikes with nevis even though it's like minus one degree and like which you did today yeah yeah i'm exhausted but uh, every sunday we've been kind of going out for hikes the last you know couple months it's part of you know, trying to be a little bit more active and and things like that, um, but yeah, I've been I've been rocking the same. I think my mom might have gotten me a coat for Christmas, but it's like gigantic. It's like really like warm, but I look like this, like it's got it's just huge, right. and I'm like I don't know, I look like it. Like, I don't know, some giant gangster or something like that. But I'm glad you got a new coat. So now you can, you know, spend some time outdoors this winter. Oh,
1: I won't. I won't um, be doing that at I, all. I
0: know you won't do that. That's why I never do it. Because, like, the most time I spend outside usually is, like, going from a car to... I wore shorts to our friend Mike's place. You um, sure when did. We went over there. Like, when it was, like, minus one. Um, we're not... I mean that was back when you know we felt like it was um the god this fucking covid thing won't end either 2020 feels like it'll never end but um uh having gone to mics in a little while because as these cases get worse and worse here but it's just a a wild time eric but at least we have something to feel a little bit excited for and fuck everyone who tries to shit on anyone who's excited about this stuff because i think it's fun and we need something this year to be excited about even if it's a giant corporation who just wants to make money off of us i don't
1: care i'm excited you'll sell your soul to the demon disney uh devil too <sighs> but you know what? I, I i don't want to shit on anybody that's excited about it because even i felt a kind of thrill watching a disney investor meeting thinking of all the yes. possibilities or just the idea that there's there's a light at the end of the tunnel, you know, that there's yeah, there's I, something to look forward to after all this is, is over, whenever that might be. But at the same time, constructive criticism-wise, you mentioned it at the beginning, just at the top there, where, you know, a, a criticism is that everything is old, is new again, and it's just all repackaged yeah. stuff, which that is also a, a fair criticism. criticism.
0: Yeah, yeah, I get that. No, there, in this whole presentation, there wasn't a lot of, like, original new things announced, right? I mean, a lot are based on franchises, so I still feel like you can get pretty original or creative by, you know, having something set in, you know, um, the Star Wars universe, but it's based on completely original characters and things like that, which we'll go through. But, um, yes, Disney, you know, their bread and butter is big franchises and giving you more of that, um, and trying to iterate on that, which I don't think is necessarily, uh, great thing or not necessarily a horrible thing either it just is what it is it's like
1: fast food right like it's enjoyable you you have fun eating it you shouldn't do it all the time you should change up your diet but exactly but it's convenient it's and you can be good. a
0: fan of that. We've made this analogy before, yeah. like that steak versus the hamburger thing, right? Like you can be a fan of these movies and get excited for these franchises and also love completely original, fresh ideas and and small indie movies and things like that. Like you can love it all. And I feel like just because if you're excited for this, you're not like a corporate shill or anything like that. Like I think Disney, they're successful for a reason and these things are successful for a reason. And Uh, We'll get into the nitty gritty of everything. But like I, that day with the game awards and the Disney investors meeting, um, which is just weird that all this stuff came out of an investors meeting because I was watching it and I'm like, Oh my God, I really feel like I'm at an old show me all hands meeting with like the president of the company being like, Oh, our direct to consumers, uh, blah, 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 churn. And, and, and I'm like, Oh my God, just like these are, it was weird. I get why they did this here, but it felt like a comic con, or or um, uh, what's the the show uh, the cinema CinemaCon
1: right? Um, You've already forgotten the uh, Las Vegas uh, April yeah. uh, CinemaCon, but even like for us inside baseball wise, it felt like yeah. we attend a Disney uh, presentation around this time of year every year. <laughs> I and like
0: that on crack,
1: yeah, it just like or on steroids. Like it just it was it was everything all at once and it kind of felt a little bit like disney's super bowl kind of mixed in with you know everything else on top of that and then you know sprinkled with crack on top and it was nuts yeah it was It was like the
0: first hour and a half was very boring because they went over like let's just get into it this is basically what this episode is going to be about um as you can tell, these new, not new, but the way that we're doing, you know, these main shows lately, we're focusing on one big topic and we might talk about some things we've been watching. I've been watching Karate Kid. Eric went through the original trilogy. I'm Relax on the off, next Karate off, Kid. Uh, I've been reading a little bit, but we'll get into that. Um, but yeah, this investors meeting, the first, a little bit. what? We oh yeah. A little- well, yeah. Yeah. I've been listening. Anyone who listened to our old podcast probably heard me talk about listening to the audio book of Ready Player One. Am I listening to the audiobook of Ready Player Two? I am. Is it terrible? Yes. (laughs) But it's like, it's one of those things where I'm like, I just got to see it through now. I've gotten this far. I'm 175 pages in. Um, Disney Investor Days. Yeah. So um, the first hour and a half was very business-y. They talked about, you know how well they're doing, how many subscribers they have. They're me- they're blowing away all their target goals and used a lot of uh, you know, uh marketing jargon and like behind- like inside baseball jargon um that you know, most people it would just go over their heads or it would be boring. For me I went, "Oh my god, like I mentioned, I felt like I was at I used to work at Show Me and for people that don't know what Show Me is, Rest in Peace, uh was a Canadian one out. Yeah, it was a Canadian streaming service that launched to compete with Netflix. Obviously, it didn't work out so well, but it was fun. Uh, it felt like that. And then they took like a short break, and then we got into the bazillion announcements. But before we got into like the content announcements, I hate that word, but it is what it is. Um, they announced that uh, Disney Star would be coming to certain uh regions, uh Europe uh especially, but here in Canada as well was one of the regions, which I thought was super, super interesting. So der uh Derek, Eric. <laughs> That's See, okay. We did the same thing with Mark. Me, I uh, called you Mark. Yeah. Mark and Derek. We should just <laughs> we should do a new podcast with our alter egos, Mark and Derek. Within the Twin um, Peaks
1: universe, though.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um they announced Star and essentially my interpretation of what star is and it's launching in Canada is basically like diet Hulu essentially, right? Because we don't have Hulu here in Canada. Um, So all that FX content, all that Hulu original content, uh, all the 20th century Fox and uh, Fox searchlight stuff um, is usually spread out across all the different streaming services. But what I assume is happening is that they've gotten the rights back to all of that content because i know when i was at show me again full circle um, i just want
1: to keep on mentioning show Me.
0: fox Fox would license some of the uh fx content to rogers right so they would have them on you know fx canada here or city tv and things like that so a lot of that was on show me but i guess disney is getting the rights back to all of that stuff and they're putting this all now onto what is Star here in Canada. So what it's going to be is a fifth or sixth, I forget how many are on Disney Plus right now, tile, and you're going to have 18 plus content and all that Hulu original content as well as FX series and, and 20th Century Fox movies and Searchlight movies all in this one spot, which will also be. As long as you are allow it uh, be integrated into your Disney Plus profile, so when you go to the Marvel thing, you'll see things like Logan and Deadpool and things like that, and Alien to, and Alien and will die be on, hard and things car, like yeah. that. Yeah. So, which is pretty dope. Like, um, and it's it will raise we, the
1: price a little bit. We should yeah, mention
0: that so as well. In Canada, it is going up from eight ninety nine to twelve ninety nine, I believe. So you're getting a $4 increase. I think it's three or $4 increase per month. However, that doesn't happen until February. So... If you haven't renewed already or you only are on the month to month thing, you can subscribe to Disney Plus for a full year, which I just did in November for 90 bucks. So if you want that price for, you know, another whole year, I still think you can do the year long Disney Plus subscription and then you won't have to pay that increased price until, you know, you're for me next November when my um when my thing comes up. So, I mean, if you still want to get Disney plus for $9 a month and get all that star content, I still think you can do that unless they've taken that away. But because we signed up before that was announced, at least on my end, um, Uh, I'll have access to that for the cheaper price because I paid for a year in advance. So um, pretty dope that we're getting this in Canada. Kind of makes sense because we don't have Hulu here. And um, my question to you, Eric, with this announcement is like, do you think this is ultimately their plan for the US? They just need to figure out, you know, all the rights things on their end and maybe how to deal with those Hulu subscribers because they can't introduce something like this if they have all these people over on Hulu.
1: Yeah, I, I have a feeling with with the Hulu situation, what they'll probably try to do or what they are doing now maybe even is they're going to try to integrate Hulu into Disney Plus and just maybe absorb it at some point or another. But as you mentioned, they're probably also working out all the right issues that they have at the moment and kind of trying to figure out, okay, well, like what can we... You know, put in because Hulu does also have content that isn't Disney owned. Like for example, you know, Palm Springs, which was um, a Neon release, uh, and they kind of worked together on that. But the thing I want to talk about quickly, this is just a branding thing. I do not like the title of Star. I think it's it's such a weird title, especially. You know something that's going to be launching in Canada because we had the Star Channel uh, back in Canada a, a long time ago, if you remember. Stars that.
0: with a Z, yeah, right?
1: yeah, yeah. But well, not just Stars with a Z, but there was like a Star. But we had
0: a Star Channel, yeah,
1: yeah, and and it also kind of sounds like something that you would have in like your car, like a program in your car. So like if you got into an we have accident, on star. yeah, OnStar, on star, like star. something You're like thankful. that. Yeah, um, where I would almost just prefer like Disney kind of poke fun at it. It'd be like you know Disney eighteen plus or disney after dark because essentially disney what it box yeah right? like disney, disney fox disney fox yeah, yeah. <laughs> because essentially what it is is it's like you know if virtually speaking if you were to go to like a blockbusters or, or video store it would be like yeah, the 18a the red, a, curtain, the, the red yeah. curtain section where you'd have to kind of like sneak a peek if you were underage or you know you'd feel kind of a little bit awkward or embarrassed if you'd go in there by yourself and there were other people around um, that's yeah. essentially what star is because it's all the you know the content that is more or again, Fox and Fox Searchlight—you know that original sort of content that was there. um You know, movies like Big Love, uh, Big Trouble in Little China, The Fly. Could you imagine watching The Fly on Disney? <laughs> it might be there. It probably will. It will right? yeah, yeah. Like, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Because I even me, there was something that popped up. Whether a Shape of Water, maybe, or oh, something. Oh, Steve like McQueen's that, that Shame.
1: Like, yeah, with yeah, Michael Fassbender. Like oh yeah. my god
0: like things like that are just going to pop up like mixed in with other things and it's going to be hilarious and and I uh, we should mention also so to protect it from you know anyone <clears throat> under the age of 18 if you add Disney Star to your Disney Plus profile you then have to log in with a pin code every time just so it kind of keeps it away from children that way it can be so you can set certain profiles to have Disney star content and certain ones to just have, you know, the classic, uh, Disney content. So that's how they'll kind of block it off from, um, children. Uh, but pretty good. I feel, I still think at like 1299 or 1199, it might be 1199 that it's going to, um, uh, I still think that's a pretty good deal. Like I think Disney plus is a good deal at the, you know, nine bucks we pay here in Canada. Um, and if it's going up to 12, I still think, you're getting all that Fox content. You're getting all that FX content. So I think you should be able to get, you know, things like Fargo, things like uh, American horror story. Like, I don't know if they'll be up on Wellness. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in all those movies, right? Yeah. All that Fox and stuff like that's a good like library of, of older stuff. So, um, I definitely think that's worth it. And, um, I don't mind the price increase. I understand. um, And that's still cheaper than what you're paying for Netflix. And it seems like Disney needed a more robust kind of library of titles, right? Because like, you can only like, again, I haven't, we talked about uh, this with Joey Noel, who was on our last episode of Untitled Movie Conversations, which you guys should definitely go check out. Um, We talked about that. She was like, oh, I barely touched Disney plus since, you know. Uh, She watched uh, High School Musical, the musical, or she watched uh, a couple of the originals last year and things like that, where she's like, I'm not really watching Mandalorian and you have to be in a specific mood to watch, you know, a Disney movie. So she hasn't touched it. So something like this, I think, uh, makes it feel like it's not just for, again, it's obviously not just for kids uh, with content like the Mandalorian and, and some of the Marvel stuff, um, but I feel like it gives it a more robust kind of library, obviously, that makes it feel a, a bit more worth it.
1: Yeah, and they're also I mean, to to give Disney some credit in terms of just being a corporation, they have been pretty upfront with the, the price increase where, you know, Netflix sometimes they don't really, you know, make too much of an announcement that like oh we're, you know, no. raising the price. You or- get an
0: email buried in your spam that says next month it's going up by $3 or something. Yeah, it's where like at this now.
1: investor meeting they were, you know, like yes, there will be a price increase for um, this tablet for this, this, you know, this app being integrated into it and having all this extra content. So I do appreciate that at least where they're giving everybody the heads up to be like, okay, if you want this, it's, you know, like it's, it's going to up the price monthly. So like, that's, it's going to continue to happen. I mean, look at
0: Netflix, like the more content you pump out and we're going to go through a lot of fucking content. You're going to need to pay for that. content. There's the C word. And Disney, you know, they stuck to, I'm sure they actually recorded this before the HBO max stuff uh, even came out, but they uh, really reiterated that their model is going to be, some things are specifically for theaters. Uh, some things are going to be, go straight to streaming. Some will be a hybrid and some will be specifically made for streaming. And um, I mean, We've seen with Netflix and Netflix is a hugely profitable company that makes, you know, billions of dollars as well. Um, so, I mean, I think there is a way for these companies if they do go the streaming route and then theatrical is that secondary thing, the bonus money that they make that still could be our future. Um and i mean before we get into all of the big c word stuff eric with content i guess that can kind of segue into more news on the hbo uh max side of things and the fallout from that so i mentioned a little bit at the beginning of the show about uh chris nolan coming out and and condemning the deal saying that like uh you know this is a uh, this is horrible for the industry and it's AT&T just trying to, you know, make a profit because they had a really horrible year. So they're sacrificing their whole theatrical arm just to kind of, uh, you know, break even or whatever. And then you had Denny Villeneuve come out and other actors to support him and Denny Villeneuve. If you haven't read his, his op-ed or, uh, on, on variety, uh, his letter to Warner brothers and just everyone, it is condition. Deming. and like it is it is shocking actually like how hard he comes at them where i can't fathom that dune 2 is going to happen now um or part two or whatever or with him at least um and same with nolan or the series because he like, had dune the, yeah. the
1: sisterhood as at well. hbo max yeah.
0: right yeah. where he's like that's showing you that's a filmmaker who as long as you talk to them and go Hey, no. Here's the difference. You're making this for HBO Max. You're making this for theatrical. I think it's like, and people are making a, a great point. And we've talked. We've made fun of Chris Nolan a little bit on the show, but we both really like the guy and, um, and his films. And um, even if we've made fun of him a little bit, he had good points about being just like if. They didn't tell anyone, and that's the biggest problem here. They didn't ask their filmmakers anything. They didn't ask for their thoughts. They didn't kind of work out the deals and, and the back end of things with anyone. They just kind of put it and, and just drop this news, and everyone had to come to them after and go, what the fuck does this mean? Like, And I, I think that's something we didn't realize in the moment, which I think we even brought up. Uh, and now that's starting to come out of being like, ultimately, they probably could have gotten to a similar decision it's just they needed to talk to everyone involved and make sure that like you know if there were people like denny Vulnov or james gunn or the other people that have come out and said like you know i mean james gunn hasn't really come out but that was like rumored because i feel like he's more of a company man that still wants to do you know the suicide squad show and and marvel stuff and maybe denny and and, and nolan are just like yeah the tom
1: and jerry people yeah yeah <laughs>
0: So, I don't know what your thoughts on all of that, Eric and like if you think this is uh I don't know, just well, the what- i,
1: I want to see things theatrically like I uh, like that same, but especially I still a stand movie by like, that
0: that won't go away it's no, just no no no
1: no, no, and i I don't think so either i I think the the conversation and we talked about this last week where like you know is theatrical dead it's it's not, but at the same time, I can understand. Some of the thinking when it comes to it, it's just that communication here. There was a breakdown, and they needed to talk to the artists, the filmmakers, the crews, the the you know the the movie stars that are involved in these productions and projects, and let them know. They gave time to Patty Jenkins, who we'll t- be talking about in a little bit, and Gal Gadot to kind of you know. Digest what was going on and figure this out and retool Wonder Woman 1984, which now is getting a uh, digital streaming release in Canada. You can rent Thank it you, on man. iTunes on Christmas for Day 35. for 20 for 25. I thought it was 25.99. No, 29. 29? 29.99. As well as the witches, the Robert Zemeckis movie, if you feel so <laughs> inclined. Um, yeah. but yeah, going back to that, like I I understand where. Nolan and Denny Villeneuve is coming from, and it's actually a really well written piece. Like it's it, you, you can tell Denny is oh, yeah, very, very, very sure. passionate. But yeah, he's bringing the heat on that one. Um, but at the same time, it's like there are some movies where it's like, okay, I can see the day and date thing, you know, working this year. But AT and T is not a is not a film studio. They're not. They're not an industry that is thinking, okay, you know, this is the best way to see you know, a movie, you know, this is, this is quote unquote art, or this is, you know, big entertainment designed for, you know, optimal viewing on a big screen. They're not thinking of that. They're thinking, okay, how can we recoup some of the costs that we lost in 2020? Because these movies were supposed to come out then we're still sitting on them. They're collecting dust on the shelf and they're also costing us money um, because of that. You know, again, I would rather see You know, Dune in the theater... But Tom and Jerry, I can I can watch at home, you know, like or Space Jam, even. But you need to talk to the people that created this stuff because it also basically says that you don't matter. As soon as you make the content, it's still ours. We have you know claim over it. And yes, they you know they fitted the bill. They're distributing the movie. You know they're they're talking to exhibitors or but in this, this is case Eighth Street,
0: especially when you have exactly. relationship with great filmmakers and great actors. Because
1: if you want those people to come Come back and make more movies with you. you That's need not to the have- way
0: you do it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Christopher Nolan and like Clint Eastwood, who also has a movie with them uh, next year, have been with Warner Brothers for the majority of their careers. So doing this alienates them and sort of, you know, they'll. Go packing and look somewhere else. So, like MGM is looking even better now to someone like Christopher Nolan. Disney,
0: dude, Disney could come at him and be like, because I know that was rumored in a in in an article recently too, where they are like, Disney has tried to lure Nolan away from Warner Brothers, and he's been loyal to Warner Brothers. Where if Disney comes out at this investor meeting to keep everything you know within the same similar topic, if they go, no, theatrical is still going to be a huge part of our business. We also have a streaming side and. Things like that, like someone like Nolan, who's making you know PG thirteen movies for two hundred plus million dollars. Not many other studios will give him. I mean anyone would give him that amount of money. He's Chris Nolan, a Sony or a Well, Paramount. maybe not None now. I
1: think after yeah. Tenet, like he's gonna have to kinda like go back to doing something a little bit smaller. I don't I know, sh-
0: dude. I, I doubt it. Like I bet you someone like a Disney or Well, if Disney yeah. does,
1: but like say if yeah. he goes over to Universal or Sony or MGM, like but I also feel creatively speaking, like he's at a point where like doing something maybe smaller might appeal to him i saw that somebody mentioned like he could do like a knives out or something like that and i think maybe he would want would to return nothing back more i would to, love like, a memento small, or something yes. like that and dude
0: i would love that like i feel like he probably does need to do that but i almost think maybe he's just i don't know he he might try to make something smaller at a huge scale if that makes any sense um and please but-
1: focus on sound design like make sure yeah, I know. like if he needs, needs, he needs to hire a new team or, or have somebody come in did, and, i like,
0: thought that was what he did on tenant but it's the same shit but it's just it's so fascinating man and you're seeing more and more people come out and 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 condemn this this deal i was a little I guess probably one of the people not defending it but saying hey maybe this isn't that bad everyone needs to chill out. Now that I've seen some other sides of it, I'm understanding where a lot of the issues people are having with the deal, so I totally understand it. It's definitely it wasn't handled in a way that it probably should have. I ultimately think that we were going to get to this anyway, so why like why wait? But there were a better way to get to the this point right like to keep those relationships to make sure everything works out for everyone you can't just say yep everything's on streaming and we'll figure about figure out the rest later our lawyers will deal with that and i'm like that's not no one's gonna want like i think all of these companies all of these studios we talked about will ultimately get to a point you think disney doesn't want most of their they've already said they're focusing on their their streaming platform right but like they're doing it in a way which like i bet you some of these other studios are like fucking yes warner brothers this is fantastic because now you're taking all the heat and we can figure this shit out and how to do it properly and still get to that point because ultimately they broke the wall down and it's gonna happen now like they warner brothers can't take this back this is already out there it's going to happen now all the other studios can look at this and and learn from it and learn from their successes and learn from their failures and then learn how to keep these relationships with these filmmakers and do it in a way that you know is good for both you know your audience and the people making your films or Content air quotes, right? Um, so I don't know. Like it's it's going to be fascinating moving forward, and I think as we get into the Disney stuff, which we'll get into right now, you're going to see that like they are heavily investing in streaming, um, and a lot of these are you know theatrical movies as well. But um, I, I really do think that this is the future, but that doesn't necessarily mean that theatrical will die. It just needs to evolve. And that's, I mean, I went on a long rant of how I think it should evolve and maybe it's a, I'm not an, an expert, but me as a, a film fan and a, someone who is so passionate about the industry and passionate about going to the movies, like I obsess about the theatrical experience. So me talking about what I did last week on on the 79th draft is like, that's me coming from like speaking from my heart of loving to go to the movies and how I think it can actually be better moving forward uh, for everyone. Like for people who love going to the movies and people who want to just consume stuff at home. And I feel like there is a middle ground that we can get to. um, I just don't know if Warner brothers handled it in the best way. Um, I still think that this is ultimately Where we're going to end up, but um, now all these other companies can kind of, you know, listen to our great roadshow idea and just steal that, and then that's how things should be going. Because I will stand by that.
1: Yeah, like Lee Majors, Warner Brothers is the fall guy in this situation for a lot of other studios. But yeah, I, I agree with you. Like I'm, I'm, I again, I've already said this. I would rather watch a movie in the theater than anything else. But at this moment. In time and probably into, you know, quite a bit into next year, I will not feel comfortable going to the theaters. It's just, I mean, theaters right now, at this moment where we are, are closed and for good reason. And I'm not, I'm disappointed, but at the same time, I'm being realistic. I just, I will not go to see anything. And, you know, put my health at risk. I just, I can't do it. You know, like, I just, there's no justification for that. And I'm sorry that, you know, someone like Danny Villeneuve, you know, put all this time and effort in And 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 I know he wanted this to be seen on the big screen. But at, at this moment, I just can't say, you know what? I'm going to throw caution to the wind for this one. You know, we felt safe enough with Tenet and the New Mutants, but that was a different time. You know, cases- no, we had
0: zero cases in our region, where now we're at you know hundreds in our yeah.
1: area, right? Like, so you and can't. We're he-
0: still in an area that has lower, but like. Ontario in general is getting to that 2000 plus cases a day where when we went it was a a handful and especially in our region it was nothing basically.
1: Yeah, and I think that was kind of one of the biggest, you know, criticisms we had of Christopher Nolan at the time because it didn't seem like he was at all taking any of that into account you know he was pretty tone deaf on the situation overall like he didn't mention really anything about the pandemic he just kept saying
0: it it kind of did more to hurt theaters and ultimately what pushed warner brothers to do this rather than helping which is like yeah i can't see that relationship patching up especially the denny Villeneuve one unless they come back and go okay we're gonna hold dune But then all the other filmmakers are going to be like, why don't you fucking hold my movie then?
1: Yeah, I'm Um, more worried about Denny than I am Christopher Nolan because Chris, I mean, like, Denny has established himself in the last 10 years beautifully in terms of becoming, like, you know, an auteur filmmaker. But Nolan will be fine. Like Nolan's a guy that will bounce back easily. I think Denny needed, needs another like five, 10 years to have that kind of same level of. And a
0: big hit too. Yeah, because
1: as much as we love Blade Runner 2049, that movie is not a hit whatsoever. And it bombed. And Dune kind of felt almost like this was him, you know, putting all the cards on the table and being like, I'm all in. And then this is also now probably going to change. You know, he was going to be adapting um joe nesbo's the Sun* with jake gyllenhaal at hbo as a as a limited series so that might also now change as well because that's been something they've been wanting to do for a while as a feature but then they changed it to uh, a series because his buddy you know and fellow filmmaker jean-marc Vellet has had quite a bit of success you know in adapting sort of you know limited series novella-esque stories um so I'm 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 nervous for him because I I love his movies so much and as a filmmaker and you know as a person like he's one of those guys like you know you inter- you interviewed him for Enemy and and I had a chance to talk to him at yeah. the Critics Choice Awards and like he's one of those guys that you just. You, you can root for but also he just seems like a decent enough person and that's kind yeah. of rare in the industry
0: yeah two encounters with denny Vilnov. one was the interview for enemy he complimented my shoes and i complimented his loafers because they looked much comfier than mine um then when we saw first man remember he sat beside us yeah <laughs> yeah which was strange and um but i was just like watching first man with the you know the guy who directed blade runner 2049 two two seats over was just a, a surreal uh experience um and he was very kind in both situations like we didn't me and you were pretty good we don't bother anyone no uh, i didn't even like lean over and uh, we exchange words because he was beside us but like i didn't none of us were like annoying him because we were like, no, nah, he's just here to see a fucking movie.
1: Yeah, um, and with, with the critic's choice I should mention, I interviewed um the producers of that film, including Sean Levy, um on the red carpet. And then afterwards, you know, um there there was like a post party and one of the, the producers um recognized me and asked if I wanted to talk to him and the producer I was like sure. And so like literally I come over and, and he introduced me because like the thing I said on the red carpet to him before starting the, the, the interview, was I had seen a rival twice. So this producer, that's the thing the producer remembered about me. He's like, hey, this guy's seen a rival twice now. And Denny's like, oh great. And I'm like, oh, I'm a Canadian. And uh, you know, I've seen Maelstrom and D's and, you know, Polytechnique. And we started talking about that. And like he just very laid back kind of guy, yeah, but like his, sincere too. But yeah. his filmmaking like Nolan, I I actually kind of think I might prefer Denny over Nolan. Um Is that kind of visceral artistic style that is, you know, very polished, but at the same time, there's meat to it. There's, there's, there's so much, you know, going on in there and, and it's not just, you know, pretty pictures. Like it's, it's just, there's, there's an interesting story there. So I'm, I am a little nervous for him but i'm sure he will i mean he he might even return to canada now (laughs) like you might see him come back and see like if he can make something here but like i want him to keep making stuff in the u.s you know yeah i agree i agree um so let's get into it eric let's go over
0: all of the news from disney investor day 2020 barf um but it did feel like it was either our year-end disney you know kind of press day or a Comic-Con presentation or CinemaCon kind of thing. But they went through all their different brands and kind of what to expect theatrically and what to expect on Disney Plus for the foreseeable future. So I don't know where you want to start. Do you want to get some of this, the kind of... I don't know, smaller things out of the way. So for National Geographic, um, they announced uh, Cousteau, uh, Martin Luther, uh, Genius, Martin Luther King Jr., uh, Secrets of the Whales, A Real Bug's Life, America the Beautiful, uh, Limitless, and Welcome to Earth, which great title because that has Will Smith in it.
1: Which are uh, both produced and shot by Darren Aronofsky. Uh, Which is the dope. Last, too yeah. yeah. And I think the Welcome to Earth one I'm kind of excited for, not just because it's a line from Independence Day and has Will Smith in it, but it did kind of visually look interesting in terms of just how it was shot. Like you can tell, you know, even in the editing of the trailer like Darren aronofsky is going for you know the pie requiem for a dream kind of style within you know this documentary that has will smith in situations and dangerous situations you know whether it be standing near an active volcano or plunging you know hundreds and hundreds of feet uh into the ocean so like I, that one actually kind of looks fun the limitless one I, it could go either it's way like work yeah, yeah it, like you know to test you know his physical feats and see like if he can sort of cut back the aging process, and you know that kind of stuff. Like it's it's interesting on a science level, but at the same time, it almost kind of feels a little bit like a vanity project, if anything else. But again, visually speaking, I'd be curious about it, and, and because Aaron Aronofsky is, yeah, because Irontsky
0: on both of them, I will watch both. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they're and, both disney Plus.
1: and i feel almost like this is the reason why he picked those projects is one because he's getting paid quite a bit of money and because of mother not doing well so it's like you know okay i'll make you know i'll recoup make some, some cost, disney money disney money and then i can go make my weird little independent film and afterwards. don't care if it falls <laughs> yeah. exactly exactly
0: um maybe he ends up at searchlight again right but um who knows um then for let's go into i didn't even screenshot the hulu stuff let's go into fx so a couple cool things here um you know we have some new originals uh uh like american horror stories which are i think are smaller kind of uh one-offs uh platform uh taika waititi's reservation dogs we're getting a why the last man series based on the comic book for fx shot in Toronto. yeah, uh Shogun is becoming a uh, FX show, which is really dope. And then the biggest news was um Noah Howley, uh the creator and director of uh, Fargo and um uh Legion um and Lucy in the Sky um is doing al- uh, is doing an alien series at FX. And they said they're in negotiation with Sir Ridley Scott to come on board as a uh, producer, um, but I'm I'm pretty psyched about that. That sounds dope.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm excited about that one as well, and Shogun a little bit because the James Carvel novel has been adapted before in the 1980s with Richard Chamberlain in the lead, and it's you know of its time and it's especially very whitewashed. Um, so it'll be interesting to see them kind of you know do this again and maybe do it with a little bit more you know uh, conscientious effort to make it about. Japan specifically in the feudal uh sort of period of Japan but um with alien it is interesting cuz like you know the last couple of movies we both love Prometheus Covenant we were mixed on I still love the alien movie franchise in a way and like coming back to it now and then, but I I am curious to see how it will lend itself to a series because I, I remember as a kid um, there were action figures that came out after um, aliens and they took a lot of the, the the designs. Remember when they used to make action
0: figures for R rated movies for children?
1: Well, it was, it was funny because like one of the, one of the toys I remember having as a kid was the queen alien um, that, And these alien, and and there was one called the gorilla alien, and there was a dog alien, and then like there was um, Ripley, a palm uh, Hicks, and there was a couple other characters that you could buy. Like there were the Marines and, and aliens, but in those toy packages came like this little comic book strip that was like a little kind of like these characters. It was, I guess, an alternate world, but they survived and they went on like different missions. And I almost feel like that's kind of what they're going for. But on top of that, the story is going to be taking place on Earth. On and Earth, yes, yeah. we know Alien versus Predator Requiem that's did as count. well. <laughs> but it will be interesting because Alien 3, if you watch the original um, teaser trailer for that movie, the David Fincher film, that movie promised that it was going to take place on earth and like it, I'll, I'll show you the maybe i've shown you this teaser before yeah, but probably but Yeah, the teaser is like in 1993 they're coming to earth and everybody was like oh fuck you know the xenomorphs are here on earth and then they turned it into a prison planet movie which was fine i i actually kind of like alien 3 but it almost feels like maybe this is like You know, them kind of trying to figure out like what this would look like on Earth because Alien Resurrection also ended in a way that they were coming to Earth, you know, the survivors of that movie. So I am fascinated what the storyline will be, you know, how much of the, you know, Waylon yutani stuff will be in it and, you know, like – You got
0: to think that'd be a huge part of it, right? Yeah, Yeah.
1: and will there be any stuff with, you know – with David, even with like the Fassbender character, because it kind of felt like they were leaving that open-ended for a third movie.
0: Yeah. Have they said like what the timeline is? Like, is it, uh, I guess not. Right. So we'll see, but I I'm psyched about it. I mean, Noah Howley, I think obviously his television stuff is, um, I mean, Lucy in the sky. I, I, I liked it, um, to an extent, but, uh, his style didn't necessarily lend itself to that movie very, very well. But um, I love both Fargo and Legion, um, and I think he's a talented, stylistic kind of um, director. So I'm excited to see what he kind of does with the material.
1: And he needs something to bounce back on after not, you know, after his Star Trek movie has been kind of, yeah, put into turnaround.
0: Yeah, for sure uh back to these announcements let's go into uh we'll save the big stuff for the end so lucas film marvel for the end we'll fly through some of the other stuff so disney television studios uh getting some disney plus original series for mighty ducks game changers a turner (laughs) a, a turner and hooch series um big shot and the mysterious benedict society um Again, Mighty Ducks looks pretty awful, but um,
1: there's nostalgia attached yeah, to it. Exactly. Coach Pompeii, like, baby. Yeah,
0: I mean, you got Emilio Estevez back. You got uh, the mom from Gilmore Girls, Lauren Graham. Um, Lauren Graham, <laughs> and then um, I, I, I will watch this just because the Mighty Ducks have a soft spot uh, in my heart. Just being like a huge, huge fan of those. Being you know Canadian and obviously playing hockey as a kid and um. I just, I loved, loved, loved those movies. So will I be able to sit through an entire series of it? I don't know, but. Um, but who looks- knows?
1: I mean, Cobra Kai was considered like a bit of a joke. And now like, you know, after Netflix picked it up and it's in its, what, third season, like a lot but of people I- are really digging course. it because yeah. it's taking a, to start that. a <laughs> different perspective with the William Zabka character, you know? If you yeah. needed an a- a- an 80s villain, William Zabka was your man. Yeah, um,
0: he's-, he's great in the first
1: uh karate kid he's so ridiculous him and martin cove um but yeah like it's it's there's a certain amount of nostalgia it doesn't look great i I think the most curious thing about it is that bombay like it's almost like okay now the mighty ducks are the villains in a weird way like the organization themselves aren't the underdog anymore so it's like how do you come at that with a different angle
0: he has to come and destroy what he created yeah um I didn't see anything on Turner and Hooch. Did they show anything from that? Or no, no,
1: but they said that the lead is Josh Peck, and I'm just kind of like... Mm. Okay, all right. You know what? Sure.
0: Um, and then the other ones I don't really have. Big Shots of Basketball Show. Stamos! Uh, with Stamos, yeah. And then Mysterious Benedict Society it looked like your classic kind of kids.
1: Yeah, um, but I got some kind of uh, hotel... Uh, hotel uh, Artemis uh, foul, foul vibes. vibes. Yeah,
0: totally. It's, um, it's got that, like... Um, the one with Neil Patrick Harris on Netflix. Um, Lemony Snicket's. Lemony Snicket's kind of vibe. Right. And Big
1: too. Shot almost kind of feels like it is Mighty Ducks as well, but with a female basketball team.
0: Yeah, it,
1: that's exactly what
0: it is. <laughs> um, oh, my God. There's so much, dude, and we're not even covering everything. Um, moving on to Disney live action. Um, we got starting off. They announced Hocus Pocus two. They announced, uh, with all the cat, the original trio coming back, um, three men and a baby, uh, reboot with Zach Efron, um, safety, which comes out soon, right?
1: I think uh, this week coming out. up. I, I mean, we're, as we're, we're recording this, they're just yeah.
0: plugging, uh, that, uh, Flora and Ulysses, uh, a new cheaper by the dozen, uh, Disney plus series. These are all no Hocus Pocus two is a, uh, it was a, a movie, film right yeah yeah cheaper by the dozen or is it are these all movies or
1: three men and, and a baby is uh is a movie the they movies, were directed movies. but the two films were directed yeah. by leonard nimoy were two two of the biggest films of the 1980s. These are all
0: movies sorry we already went through television studios yeah, yeah. these are all uh disney plus original movies sorry uh cheaper by the dozen is getting a reboot um with a uh multicultural family i believe um that's how they worded it um diary of a wimpy kid is getting another movie but it's gonna uh, be animated animated uh ice age is coming back with <laughs> adventures, <Age>. of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> adventures of buck wild yeah adventures of buck wild uh and then night at the museum is getting a animated film as well um and then on the live action side of things or with those are some of those, were some anime, of them some are were. live
1: action, and yeah. some are. It's a combination. Uh,
0: moving over to the, their kind of big tentpole stuff, uh, you got Jungle Cruise, which obviously got punted from this year to next year. Um, you got uh, Barry Jenkins' The Lion King, um, so, which is a
1: prequel. That was yes. kind of the big piece of news in that one that it's going to take place before the titular Lion King.
0: Yeah, so it'll be more about uh, Mufasa, uh, I'm assuming. Um, we got a live action uh, Little Mermaid coming from Rob Marshall, correct? Yep. Um, with music from Lin Manuel Miranda, um, Davy Diggs as Sebastian, yeah. so uh, Halle Bailey as um, as
1: Ariel, right? Yeah, and Javier Bardem as Poseidon. Yeah, and a bunch um, of voice actors for Flounder and yeah, another, like uh, Aquafina, <laughs> Jacob Tremblay, yeah.
0: Um, one that I'm pretty psyched about, Chippendale Rescue Rangers coming back, baby. Directed by y- y- Ch- Chippendale, um, Akiva Schaefer Akiva Schaefer directing, and then you got Andy Samberg and John Mullaney doing the voices of Chippendale. Um, they announced Seth Rogen has a cameo. I don't know. That's a weird thing to announce. Um, and then it's a hybrid live action and animated film and after doing a little bit more research it's like one of them is going to be hand drawn animation and one is going to be cg because one got i don't know it's got it's got a weird premise but i'm all in
1: so they probably something like on the lines of like they 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 maybe are in their own cartoon and then they come into reality or something like or that something like that. they get stoned but, um, with seth rogan
0: i mean that sounds fantastic to me um we got Robert Zemeckis' uh P- Pinocchio coming with Tom Hanks. So that was confirmed. Uh, not was to really- be
1: confused by the live action 90s Pinocchio with Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Yes.
0: <laughs> They're not just putting that on Disney Plus. Uh David Lowry's Peter Pan and Wendy was confirmed. Um we're getting a sequel to Enchanted called Disenchanted with Amy Adams returning. Uh, one that I was not expecting, but Sister Act three is coming as a Disney Plus original. Um, as well as Cruella, um, was confirmed as well with Emma Stone, which is going Um, to
1: still be a theatrical release.
0: Yeah. Um, So I should mention here that uh, Chippendale, Pinocchio, Peter Pan, and Wendy. Um, disenchanted and sister act three are all Disney plus originals where jungle cruise, the lion King, the little mermaid and Cruella are all getting theatrical releases.
1: Yeah. You know what? The one thing here that I kind of was hoping for, like in terms of, again, this is all like nostalgia in terms of like chip and Dale, I would have loved to have seen tailspin somewhere. Like maybe that will happen. I'm sure that will happen. Isn't down that the a off
0: of Trip- chip and Dale or no, uh, tailspin- jungle book. okay jungle book because it's it's
1: blue right like he becomes like a pilot in jamaica yeah yeah. i that's gotta happen and king louis is like his buddy it's yeah i had all the toys for that man like i was i was obsessed with it
0: um i mean uh overall uh Barry Jenkins doing Lion King is still um, bizarre, but um, kind of
1: exciting. Um, I it's actually- definitely a one for me, one for you, because I know he has a movie that he's been developing for a while at Fox Searchlight that he really wants to get made. Um, so I have a feeling that that's going to be kind of the maybe part of the reason why he's doing that. Plus, you know, the, the guy's got to get paid. I mean, as much yeah, as sure. I love I'm Moonlight and if Beale Street yeah. uh, could talk, I mean, those movies are, are, smaller films and, you know, I'm sure he, you know, did okay, but you know, this is probably going to make him comfortable for the next yeah. little while. So then he can go off and then do smaller movies again. Yeah. I'm I'm all for it.
0: Um, I'm, you know, I'm excited for, uh, I think rescue Rangers is the one that I wasn't expecting that I'm very excited for. um, Other than that sister act, I remember watching the first two six sister acts a lot in the nineties for some reason. Um, Cruella sounds interesting. I like the first enchanted movie, um, enough that I'm, uh, I watch a sequel, uh, David Lowry, obviously, uh, one of my favorite working filmmakers. So, uh, he did a great job with Pete's Dragons. So to see what he'll do with Peter Pan and Wendy, um, super exciting as well.
1: Yeah. Which is saying a lot for, for, you know, uh, peter pan and wendy because we have had so many peter pan Pan. adaptations in the last little while um that it's like do we have to go over this content again but yeah david lowry's a guy that like you know after having made pete's dragon it's just a
0: goat story but peter
1: pan I thought you said goat story. It's yeah. just Peter Pan, but he's a goat. Um yeah, I'm 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 hopeful that it'll be weird, but again, at the very least, this will afford him to go and then make another yeah. ghost story afterwards. So
0: yeah, totally. And then the Zemeckis Pinocchio, um, I guess I'm kind of worried about, but I'm. we'll see. I love Tom Hanks. Um them reuniting again um is interesting um and they they specifically talked about you know zemeckis's uh you know uh uh uh, live action mixed with animation kind of thing motion
1: capture motion capture so fuck i'm not looking forward to it but we'll see (laughs) i keep saying this but robert zemeckis must be stopped yeah. And if I have to be the one to do it, so be it.
0: But a, a Pinocchio movie, like, how badly could he fuck that up? I don't know. But, Matt, like, you kind of know Matt, what it's going to be,
1: right? Matt, I don't come know. On. Yeah, I, I'm on. saying
0: this now. Oh, come on. I, When Pinocchio looks like a horrifying, um,
1: I don't know. Who's well, no, but Pinocchio? just look at the last, like, three or four movies that Robert oh, Zemeckis awful, has yeah. made. Like, I mean, just even Welcome to Marwin is a disaster. Yeah. So. Yeah.
0: Um, ever since oh God, we kept saying like his castaway, his last truly great Good movie Good
1: movie, yeah, which was two thousand one, you know. So like uh, you know, like Polar Express has some moments here and there, but yeah. and, and and not and, my favorite I, Christmas movie. My family Beowulf, I, I remember liking some scenes in Beowulf, even though again the motion capture just does not it just doesn't do up. anything for me, yeah. really. To be honest, I like Adventures of Tintin the most when it comes to the motion capture stuff. But um, speaking more Spielberg and Peter Jackson, like that's a movie that I would want a sequel to. Um, Which they weren't supposed to do. It just never. Yeah, happened. just everything with Zemeckis. It's just like I I love the guy for for Who Framed Roger Rabbit and Back to the Future, but like he's burning all his credibility at this point. I.
0: Uh- totally agree this seems like a i don't know somewhat safe thing for him to do um moving on to walt disney animation studios um so some of these will be uh um uh disney plus and some of these will be theatrical i will let you guys know so first they announced uh that raya and the last dragon will be coming to disney plus premiere access so the same way as mulan Interesting how they're choosing what movies will be premiere access and which movies uh, will just be part of a Disney plus kind of original. Um, Cause obviously we have soul coming on Christmas day. Uh, but then in March we're getting Raya and the last dragon on Disney plus premiere. Um,
1: yeah. I mean, I don't know what, what makes the decision between like, you know, giving it a, a premium VOD release where you have to pay for it with this subscription or without it I understand why they brought Raya and the Last Dragon to Disney Plus because even though it's supposed to come out in March I mean March probably isn't going to be that much different from now no. so you might as well release the film simultaneously and you know make some money that way but it's it's weird I mean we we've seen Soul and I think it's it's a great movie and like weirdly like that's a film that I would Have no problem paying for in retrospect, just like I I I would
0: actually $30 easily for that. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. like I would feel good giving the money for that movie, and that's saying something for a major corporation. The same goes for
0: Raya, right? Like, I'm, I'm sure Raya will be great, but um, I have more faith, I'm more interested in Raya than I. Would have been in Mulan, the live-action Mulan. Even though I, I quite enjoyed the live-action Mulan, but I still think it was worth the thirty dollars or whatever. But, um, interest- I'm just always interested in what, we- what will do that premiere access and what won't. Um, so a couple Disney Plus series that they announced. They announced that Baymax, um, is getting a series on D- Disney Plus. Uh, their Zootopia spinoff series, Zootopia Plus. Uh, princess and the frog is getting a disney plus animated series called tiana Uh, hopefully she's not a frog the entire time uh because she really kind of got a bad rap in that movie uh moana is getting a disney plus series uh they're partnering with um a production company called I, i might pronounce this wrong and i apologize but kugali Um, And it's Iwaju is the series that they're doing. So they're partnering with this production company uh, and doing this series called Iwaju, um, which looked really cool from what they showed at the presentation. It's going to be a series on Disney Plus, uh, kind of like a sci-fi setting in Africa. Um, It it looked really cool. So go check that out. And then there's going to be uh, Disney's, did they say 60th original film? I think Uh, so. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Encanto. Um, they showed off some concept art for that, at least from the public side of the presentation, um, of this very colorful looking house and, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda is going to, uh, do some music for it. Um, and, uh, I forget the directors. They're the guys who direct or the people who directed, um, that's on the tip of my tongue. It's one of the last couple Disney movies, but looked cool. So, uh, any thoughts on any of that, Eric, do you care about any of it?
1: Uh, I mean, I'd I'd be curious to see, uh, you know, where it goes. I'm just, to be honest, like with this, it just kind of feels like this, a lot of this with maybe the exception of Encanto, you know, it's like, okay, like I get why they're doing like this. This is perfect for Disney plus.
0: Yeah, I agree. You know,
1: like, and and that's great because like you, you can expand on characters that have become popular with kids in the last. 10 years or so and like Baymax is perfect for that Moana Tiana like all of those characters uh,
0: both the Disney direct-to-video sequels and the animated series we used to get as a kid like that's what this feels like a combo of but probably hopefully elevated um and doesn't feel like it should have just been direct-to-video or something like that but um these are some great characters that you know maybe they don't necessarily need big sequels but Um, they get kind of a series for for kids to enjoy. So I don't know. And
1: and Awaja, I think is going to be interesting as well, just to see like what that'll look like collaboration wise between these two studios, because like the whole thing was like, Disney's like, Oh, they're, you know, they're a lot like us or they were kind of like, you know, um, sort of taking our style and running with it. And, So I think it could be interesting to see something that kind of maybe feels a little bit more like independently made and then like brought into the Disney fold, which could add something to it. Yeah,
0: no, it's cool because even on the branding, it has both of the production companies, right? So um, which Disney doesn't usually share that often. So kind of cool. Over to uh, Pixar. Um, we have Soul, which is obviously coming on Christmas Day, which you guys should absolutely all watch. It's fantastic uh, coming to Disney+. Plus. They announced a couple different um, original series. Uh, so they got Doug Days, which is a spinoff from Up uh, with Doug the dog. They showed a very adorable clip with some puppies. And, um, and I mean, uh, interesting spinoff I wasn't uh, expecting, but... You know, cool. Uh Cars is getting a is is it a series at Disney Plus it's getting?
1: Yeah. It's like I'm a road with, trip series.
0: Oh, with Mater and um and Lightning McQueen. It? Yeah. Um they have a new Disney Plus original called Win or Lose. I don't remember if it was a series or a movie.
1: It's a series and what it is, I think it's really kind of interesting. Um it's it's Pixar's first series and it's like a half an hour or or less than that i think it's like 20 minutes and each episode is the same story but from a different point of view
0: right okay cool that sounds really cool oh yeah and it was based on like people taking meetings and people having a different perception or
1: perspective of like whether the meeting went well or like you know like some people have a positive outlook half the glass is half full half half empty kind of thing
0: that's cool yeah i'm down um Their next, uh, um, original film is going to be called Luca. Uh, it is about a young boy on the Italian kind of coast, I think, right. That kind of hangs out a summer with his friend. Um, Yeah.
1: Call me by your name, but with a, with a sea creature.
0: Yeah. Yes. I don't know if it's going to fully go that route, but I mean, maybe we'll see. Um, Ah, uh, this one's really cool. So they're doing a, a film called "Turning Red" about a young girl, um, who when she gets embarrassed turns into a giant red panda. And which I to- laughed
1: out loud when I saw it. Like, I was like, okay, like that's cool. They're doing another like you know movie about like puberty and what it's like to kind of be a kid growing up in that awkwardness that you have. But then when she turns into the red panda, you're just like, fuck
0: yeah that's really good and then it's directed by Domee she who um is uh, a torontonian i believe um she uh yeah she directed uh bow and um this is going to be her uh i believe her feature uh directorial debut um which is really really cool so uh will there be any toronto shout outs like will it take place in toronto like bow
1: did we'll see well, that was a combination of Toronto and San Francisco. Cause I think that's also where she worked for quite a few years. So she sure. did kind of like this weird hybrid of the two. Yeah,
0: There were TTC streetcars. There was the CN tower and things like that. So maybe we'll see some of those elements in uh, turning red, which would be really, really, really cool. Turning Toronto. Yeah. I love it. And then we got uh, something that I don't think anyone was expecting, but we got Lightyear announced. Which, let's be clear, everyone, this is not about Buzz Lightyear the toy. It is about the man who inspired the toy. Um, so Buzz Hence, Lightyear, you don't
1: have to cast voice cast Tim right. Allen. Yeah. So,
0: um, this is a so interesting. Um, and rightfully so is being made fun of but i respect pixar and i'm totally down for it um but chris evans will be voicing buzz lightyear the man not the toy um and basically going to be a kind of a buzz lightyear prequel about this movie or man or whatever that inspired the toy in toy story so what andy that movie or show or whatever movie probably in this case that he was obsessed with was this buzz lightyear character and we're going to see what that it's basically a movie within a movie essentially we're getting to that point
1: (laughs) it would Um, it would be like if jingle all the way made a turbo man movie you know like yes if
0: we got a turbo man movie and you're like this isn't about turbo man the toy (laughs) it is about uh, the man who inspired the toy
1: i'm just disappointed it's not called man story but there is there is a um cartoon series of buzz Lightyear where i think it's kind of a similar premise where it's like Buzz Lightyear as a part of, you know, the intergalactic star command, yeah. star command and galaxy and like being a, a space Ranger. Right. To like, me,
0: I, I'll think of it as like Pixar doing star Wars and also mixing some Incredibles in there. And it'll yeah. be more like, it'll be more like that than it would be. And that's what it is. It'll be a serious quote unquote movie, which would have been a movie that the characters of toy story Would be watching, so it's like a Tarantino thing, thing where like
1: characters in Pulp Fiction go to watch, you know, a movie at a drive-in, and what's playing is Kill Bill. Exactly, so that's how I kind of envision it. Um, so rightfully so,
0: people are making fun of that because Chris Evans had to go on Twitter and be like, "No, I'm not." Penis again? Like they didn't recast Tim Allen. I'm playing the character that that toy is based off of, and people are like, "What?" But I mean, I. I totally uh, respect this does seem like one of those. Okay, guys, we need to turn something into a franchise because after Toy Story 4, I don't think they needed to kind of go back to that. Well, but you still, But we still do. (laughs) Yeah, but we still have to. So let's figure out something. And like, you know what? if you like i use those two comparisons if it's star wars mixed with the Incredibles, you know, i'm down. So even though it's based off uh, of you
1: know, they've handled space before with like Wally, like i think it'll be kind of a fun it, it, as you mentioned, like it'll be their riff on on star wars and and it'll kind of be like a fun action and adventure, but it also will be hilarious to keep seeing disney promote this thing and having to reiterate that this is not a toy story movie, that this yeah. is this is its own thing, you know. Like yeah, have
0: it's, to literally go. No, this is the movie they would be going to see in Toy Story. So you got to think this doesn't take place in the Toy Story universe. It has nothing to do with that. <laughs> but which
1: I'm also sure there will be some Easter eggs that reference Toy Story in there. I mean, that's what Pixar. The Pixar does that with every one of their yeah. films. where they'll have certain references Dude, or if little. This Easter is successful. Eggs,
0: who's playing Woody in the in the Woody movie? Right. Woody's drowned up. They um, would just bring
1: Tom Hanks back.
0: For that. I think they would. Yeah, I, I feel like they would um
1: we're hanks
0: so i don't know I, I mean i love pixar soul really kind of uh reinvigorated that for me where like soul i just had like a visceral reaction to and i think you you and nevis when we all watched it together were, we're kind of in the same boat that it is a magnificent film and it really it, it reminds you how great of a you know a studio pixar is and uh that makes me excited for every one of these projects and and I get that they're a part of Disney. So Disney will come to them and go, Hey guys, you need to make a up spin-off starring the dog. And then they go, all right, if you do that? You got to let us make this red panda movie. <laughs> right. Whatever.
1: And Which like, again, I understand that economically speaking, it's like, or, or like targeting a certain market. Like everybody likes Doug. I like Doug. Like, I mean, I don't need to watch a whole series of that, but I get why they're making that for, you know, a general audience long. and for kids specifically. Um. So yeah, you, you, you. I mean, I get that more than cars. Cars, I just don't understand, especially it, with letting go, like with with John Lasseter not being a part of the company anymore. Why does cars do so that popular. well?
0: Yeah, it seems like it, dude. I never realized how popular cars were. With I think we just missed. I mean, we were old enough when the first Cars movie came out that we're like, this isn't for us. This is the worst thing that they've done. Um, but their cars is their most disney kids movie right like it doesn't feel like it's part of their other stuff it just feels like it is a more of a classic you know disney movie not a classic i mean like a typical disney movie um where at least this seems like okay can we not make another movie can we just do a disney plus series and they're like all right that works like there'll be all these kids that will just watch this this half an hour show or whatever that they do so like if you look at this like four out of the um or one two three four out of the seven things on this are original and then three are kind of spinoffs or uh, iterations so if that's the kind of balance we get from pixar stuff moving forward i'm i'm okay with it if it's like 60 percent original stuff and 40 percent, okay we got to make some franchise stuff I- i'd be okay we gotta it. do
1: another cars <laughs> series or planes yeah. if we get planes as a series i'm just gonna be like Come on, yeah. With Dane I mean, Cook as the voice, yeah,
0: it's like the minor leagues at Pixar. You're like, all right, you're new. Sorry, you got to go work on the Cars series. <laughs> like before you get to work on Soul, you got to do three seasons of Cars. Well,
1: it's like be- it's th- like becoming a chef. You got to start like washing dishes and like cleaning yeah. the place first before you exactly. can even like you know touch the stove or anything yeah. like that.
0: And some new guys like, oh, can I work on Turning Red? They're like, nah, bro. You gotta you gotta work on Doug Days first. Uh, like, I mean, who knows? Maybe these shows will make me cry. I have no idea. It, it's quite possible. Cars
1: will not. I We've been very adamant where, like, the world building in Cars it doesn't make any sense. No. You know, I love
0: what, all those right. theories that all Pixar movies are tied together and Cars is like the post-apocalyptic, like, Pixar universe where everything's dead and only Cars live.
1: Um, that would make the most sense. But, yeah. again, that's something that's more meta than anything else. Yeah.
0: Whew, okay, we still have a lot to go of the two biggest uh, franchises. Do you want to do Lucasfilm then Marvel? Yeah,
1: yeah let's, let's do, do that. that.
0: Um, so they kind of kicked off with Lucasfilm earlier in the presentation. We're well, that's how the- they
1: hook you, right? Like yeah. they they draw you in with something big. They both end and- it with
0: Lucasfilm and Marvel, right? Because
1: right. they know people are excited about this portion of you know the meeting but they don't want people to go away as soon as they've, you know, like they would have, if they did Marvel, like right afterwards, one, it just would have been too much, but two, it's like, they know they, they want to keep people watching. Oh yeah. They know what their most popular stuff is. Right.
0: So, um, kicking it off with Lucasfilm, we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10- like 11 things announced or 12 things Um, you want
1: more star wars you got it baby
0: we'll talk about the overall picture here and how we feel but we're getting season three of the mandalorian which they said is coming christmas 2021 so it seems like maybe a bit later of a premiere next year which makes sense because of covid and the production kind of uh being a bit slower um we're getting two mandalorian spin-offs So we're getting Rangers of the New Republic, which I think is the rumored Gina Carano show. But now it seems like maybe it'll be more of an ensemble, and who knows if she's even in it. And will Chip and
1: Dale pop up somewhere? I hope so.
0: Um, So we're getting Rangers of the New Republic. Um, uh, We're getting an Ahsoka uh, live-action series starring uh, Rosario Dawson. Uh, Rosario, yeah, uh, yeah, right? Rosario okay. Dawson. So, yeah, you know, I, I thought of Dawson's Creek for a second, and I'm like, did I get that right? um Ahsoka, uh, I don't want to
1: wait. And both of, series, yeah, uh,
0: both of those series, yeah, uh, it's all good. Both of those series will take place during the same timeline as The Mandalorian, so there can be crossover with all of those. You're
1: smirking. Are you still thinking of Dawson's Creek or what? I know. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm just thinking of like what they could do for like the poster for Dawson's Creek. Yeah. just like a Soko's Creek or something like that. That'd be yeah, pretty lovely. good.
0: Um, we're getting a Cassian Andor series, which- uh, Which when, is just
1: called Andor.
0: Which is just Andor, which is going to be written by Tony Gilroy. Uh, they say it's a spy thriller. They showed kind of a sizzle reel, uh, which showed some behind the scenes stuff and and some interviews and a little bit of footage and stuff like that. And casting
1: um, too, like Stellan Skarsgård's going to yes. be in it, which is interesting because he's in Dune. So he's going from one big sci-fi project to another. And also, I mean, he was in- um, the Thor movies so it's kind of interesting that he's kind of like you know still making the big bucks there um yeah. and then also you know. we should also mention that like with Andor, I mean you, you mentioned Tony Gilroy but it seems like this is going to take place somewhere before Rogue One obviously so oh, yes
0: yeah um no spoilers but yeah um
1: Han Solo dies
0: yeah uh shit I lost my place Obi-Wan um, Yes, we are in, oh god so this was wild so they announced. uh you know we all knew the obi-wan kenobi series was coming uh ewan mcgregor is coming back we knew that um uh what's her name from the mandalorian uh deborah choo Cho Chow, yeah, Chow, Chow. Chow, Chow, um is directing um the series so that's dope but then they announced eric that <laughs> the chosen son the man who hates sand anakin skywalker it's rough Hayden, it's
1: coarse and it gets in everywhere
0: Hayden christensen is coming back to play darth vader in the obi-wan kenobi series and eric i shit you not i screamed at my tv i could not i was sitting here with nevis and i was like what i like i can't even fathom that one because you don't even need him like darth vader is darth vader you could have just had anyone play him right. um and had but he um, needs the work let's be honest I'm all for it, dude. Um I'm like I guess you're going to get more unmasked Vader than you thought cuz I guess he's still younger so he's still
1: Or you know. they won't and they'll just it'll be I mean like obviously with the Mandalorian like your each it seems like e- the thing for each season will be like you'll see him unmasked once. So maybe that'll be something that'll like do at the end with
0: his showdown with uh, with you and McGregor that they'll have to like Right.
1: Know. Or when he's in his um I can't remember the name of it. Like the thing that he sits in. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Darth Vader's hot tub. (laughs) Um, Now that's a spinoff I would like to see. Yeah, I don't doubt it.
0: Uh, So that is absolutely wild. They showed a little sizzle reel we didn't get to see for that. um, And everyone was pumped. Um, We're getting a Bad Batch animated series, which is a spinoff from Rebels. We're getting Star Wars Visions, which is taking um, a bunch of directors from Japan, uh, uh, anime directors, and doing individual kind of mini Star Wars kind of things in each episode. It'll kind of be like Marvel What If, but in Star Wars, and they're all anime directors um, doing Star Wars animes, which sounds fucking awesome. I'm all here for that. Um, We're getting a Lando um, TV series, which they didn't say if... um, Uh, Donald Glover Glover was coming back for it. So I'm not really sure what that is. They said they showed a sizzle reel and things like that, which showed both old and young Lando. So maybe – I heard that maybe it was going to be both of them of like Lando telling some stories or something, or like, I don't know, but that's, that's cool. I mean, I love Donald Glover as Lando. I think if you're going to do a a solo spin off, that's probably what you want to do.
1: Yeah. And Billy D. Williams. We should also mention that the the, the showrunner for that is Justin Simeon who directed yeah, Dear White Dear People White. Oh, yeah. and more, most recently Bad Hair, uh, which uh, I have a screener for and I still have not seen. So okay, I will cool. watch that soon. Nice. Um, then we got uh,
0: a Star Wars series for Disney Plus from Leslie Hedland who uh, you guys would know as the creator of Russian Doll on Netflix. Her series is called uh, The Acolyte. Uh, which is a mystery thriller uh, about the emerging dark side set in the end of the high republic era, and the High Republic era is that new series that they 're launching in novels starting in January, which um, is cool now that they 're including you know some shows set in that era that they 're going to be building up through their publishing arm, which I think is really cool. Um, and then we got uh, <clears throat> a droid story, which are kind of mini uh, kind of things setting based on some of the droids in the Star Wars universe. We're getting Indiana Jones, they confirmed with James Mangold, um, which I'm just in the Lucasfilm overall kind of thing, as well as uh, Willow, um, which is getting a series, I believe, right? Or another movie. Yes. Yep. Yeah, series-, uh,
1: series. Series.
0: They confirmed Taika Waititi is working on his uh, Star Wars movie. Um, they showed a really dope Star Wars logo that looked like, um, you know what I'm talking about with the- Yeah. Uh, it looked dope. The
1: crest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know what you're
0: talking about. Um, I'm totally, but I'm thinking of the show. It looked like, what's uh, with the educational, it had the stone writing. Um, you know what I'm talking about? No. Never. Don't you put it in your mouth? No, that's a different thing.
1: Oh, that, oh, yeah. The- um yeah like the kids psa's that uh, yeah, in canada right. like i there know yeah yeah there like was a the dot like the the line and the dot yeah okay i know I, what,
0: yeah i'm tr- referencing something and then the big announcement the surprise announcement here was the next star wars theatrical movie will be titled rogue squadron and it will come out in 2023 is that what they said or two uh i, I
1: 2023 no i think yeah
0: um And that is going to be directed by Patty Jenkins. So uh, Eric, you mentioned she would be coming back in this episode. That's the announcement there. So really cool Twitter video that she dropped. Kathleen
1: uh, Kennedy finally decided that women can direct star Wars films, which is a great
0: thing. So uh, totally here for it. Uh, She did a great video on Twitter talking about how her dad was a fighter pilot. He died in combat. Um, or on duty um and she wants to take her love for you know her father and this career that he had and something else that she loved which then was revealed an X-wing was behind her and uh, rollerblading too dope <laughs> um but yeah, I don't know what you think about all this Star Wars stuff, Eric. I need to get some water, so talk about it for a sec.
1: Yeah, it's it's a lot to take in. It's 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 a little overwhelming. And I think one of the biggest kind of concerns is that and we've talked about it on the show previously, is that, you know, Star Wars was special because it was, you know, an event film and it would take, you know, two to three years, and then like after you know, the original trilogy, which, you know, was in the late 70s into the early 80s, and between that and the prequel series, which obviously is not as good, um, there was a, a substantial gap between those two. And then even with, you know, Revenge of the Sith and The Force Awakens, there was a, a little bit of time to kind of build up anticipation where now we're getting all of this. And, you know, I think that The Mandalorian has outdone um, – what the J.J. Abrams series kind of set out to do in a lot of ways in sort of world building and what have you, even though it is more episodic. But I do feel that like with all of that, like I can see maybe some Star Wars fatigue coming into play for, for people. But at the same time, you know, I mean, look at look at the the Marvel stuff. I mean, like a lot of people thought, okay, there would be, you know, after like, you know, five or, five or six years of it, we would get sick of it and move on to the next thing. And we're still talking about Marvel movies and still doing that. So with Star Wars, like there is that kind of like, okay, we're, it's an onslaught of all this, you know, content, whether it be film or television being there, and maybe it's diluting the, you know, the special quality that is Star Wars. But at the same time, I think there's enough there to kind of do, okay, we can do you know, stuff now outside of the Skywalker saga. So there's a lot to be excited about, but also, you know, take it series by series or film by film. Like, you know, try to kind of like piecemeal it because it's not all coming out at once, but there is a lot to take in.
0: Totally, man. Like, and we'll get to the Marvel stuff in a second. But when you start to think about how we might just alternate between- Marvel and Star Wars series on Disney Plus or there might be both of them airing at the same time just it, it seems crazy to me but um yeah I mean one of our worries I think I don't know if you just talked about this but was too much at at once That's right? exactly but, what I was talking yeah, about Yeah so I I think we're on the same page right because when Solo came out I think Solo was the point where we're all like all right. Do we need this much Star Wars at once or that quickly? Because it came out so soon after um, Last Jedi, right? And right, then, and um, and
1: and and Rogue One. But yeah. but I think with with Solo from like I mean, this, a lot of you know average moviegoers, it, you know, people that just kind of go to the movies to enjoy it, maybe were thinking that more so. But like from our point of view, from an industry side of things. Solo had so much so many problems that I think that kind of also tainted it a little oh, bit. And also it being moved matter. from the from the winter to the spring. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, like, I mean, I know that the prequels came out in 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 May, but there was something about moving those movies to the the winter months that kind of made it a big deal in a weird way
0: here in between star Wars movies, like last Jedi came out in December and then this came out in may. It was just way too quick for me where I was like, I don't know if I want star Wars movies that close together. Like, I I don't feel like it's in the same boat as Marvel where I I don't mind having one every three months. Right. Like, yeah. uh, And
1: And it it wasn't Harrison Ford. I mean, that's the other big thing with that. It's like, you know, nothing against, you know, uh, Alden Ehrenreich, but, that whole yeah,
0: production, I like it could have been kind of fun, but it just. Yeah, if it was Phil Lord and Chris Miller,
1: yeah. then that could have been something interesting. But the direction they went in was the direction oh, that they <laughs> they played it safe, and they got a safe solo movie. And, and it kinda, you know, because uh, yeah. and, and you can't replicate Harrison Ford's charisma. Like I, I just you you can't. Like it if they had have made just, a Lando movie from the beginning, yeah. If they had made Solo in, but but even Billy Dee Williams has a kind of that's sort fair. Of but I wouldn't charisma. put it on the same.
0: I agree with you, but I wouldn't say that that character maybe was – like, Lando is an iconic character. I don't want to take anything away from Lando and, and Billy D. Williams. But I just felt like, actually, you know what? We've talked about this countless times. It should have been something original. Like, we don't need to keep going into that
1: well. Right. Um, we don't, don't know, need to learn Skywalker. about the Parsec thing and, like, all that stuff. Like, A like again,
0: like
1: I think looking at that movie now, the most interesting aspect of it kind of world building wise was that they were including more of the animated series into – um which now we've seen the, even more of the live action is, stuff right which yeah exactly
0: force so does that do you care about the lando series as all at all and do you think it'll be donald glover or my thing here was like it was an, a, announced during when they announced bad batch and visions which are animated shows so i'm like is the lando show going to be animated
1: I think it's going to be live action especially with Justin Simeon attached as the creator yeah, and possibly yeah. writer and and director of at least you know the pilot or, or what whatever control he has on the show like he so you're seems to be you are probably thinking the they're runner.
0: negotiating with them now and probably just it wasn't done so they didn't Yeah, enjoy.
1: yeah and and I think that that's kind of We'll we'll talk about that with Marvel as well because there was an interesting thing where they didn't mention Oscar Isaac for for Moon Knight, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, We'll we'll talk about that for sure. But yeah, but 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 going back to it, I think it will be live action. Um, You could do some stuff where, like you know, in between the solo stuff, where like how he you know came to run Cloud City and things like that. I think that could kind of be fun. The one that I would have loved to have seen that didn't happen that is kind of more connected to the original uh, movies, not the, not the prequels, but the original films is I would have loved to have seen like tales from Jabba's palace. Like that would have been like, I would have been like, yes, I am all in on that. Like that's yeah, something and they that might they could be weird done. and do
0: something like that, like sooner rather than later. Like to me overall, um obviously i love this season of mandalorian so i'm happy for a third season i love ahsoka the character and i really liked the episode on mando which ended up being exactly what we thought which was kind of a backdoor pilot to this so having an ahsoka series i'm all in you guys should definitely go back and watch her arc in clone wars or rebels even and there are people have put together like a watch order. If you only want to get like a story and you don't want everything else. Um, again, going back to Anakin, like Anakin is fleshed out really, really interestingly in the clone Wars series. So like, and she's
1: great in the summer. Let's yeah, be honest. Sure. Ahsoka's super soaker. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, just, I'll give you like a six out of 10 there. And not even like a, f- a four, uh, on that one. Um, so I, so- I Rangers <laughs> of the new Republic. I, I don't, know about especially if it's gina carano i think i have no interest
1: i think Uh, you can get away from that a little bit though where like i think you can make that an ensemble and you know you don't have to have her necessarily even in the cast like it could just be like that was again like a weird kind of backdoor pilot being like referencing just this group instead of having her be a part of it so i could feel like I, i i could see them doing that now where it's like, okay, like maybe she'll guest star on an episode or something like that. But yeah, I can see them bringing in new actors and kind of introducing, you know, different worlds for that as well. And not just be like, okay, well we have to necessarily, we, we have to have Gina Carano because it's not, you know, her character name. It's this yeah. group.
0: I, I hope that she's just a small part in it. I would like to see uh Paul sun, Hyung Lee, uh who you guys would know from kim's convenience and he was also in two episodes of mandalorian so far even you know bringing gina carano's character into uh the new uh republic um i'd love to see him pop up he seems like he fucking loves star wars and he's just thrilled with this small role that um that he had on the series so i would like to see his character kind of pop and he's a great actor i like him uh uh, so yeah great
1: on train 48 in canada if you remember that show hell yeah um what oh, there was something else I was going to mention with that, uh, not with not with him specifically, but with um with looking into the, the the casting of of what's going on right now. But it's it is interesting that you're getting all this Star Wars content, and a lot of it is now geared towards television. You yeah, know, instead the of, of the future of, of film. Star Wars
0: right now is TV, which is yeah. I think I think the right spot for it, to be honest like you well, it's episodic
1: like yeah. especially with with Mando like we were talking about this during you know watching news of the world you know like Mando is a western and it's doing that kind of classic like each episode they you know they roll into a different town this in this case a different planet you know do a side mission which is kind of like what you know rawhide and things like that and the rifleman did and so like if they take that and take a different genre of show for For these other programs
0: that's perfect eric that's exactly what i was thinking of because they've already said andor is going to be like a spy thriller they said the acolyte is going to be this dark kind of um like almost not horror but like something a bit darker um and then obviously you got visions which has the animated uh like kind of thing, which I know they've done animation, but like the individual stories I think could be really cool. And then Rangers of the New Republic, which I get I guess is gonna be kind of aligned with Rogue Squadron with being kind of your like top gun kind of uh I mean top gun in space by Patty Jenkins sounds fantastic.
1: (laughs) Right. Or maybe with New Rangers, it'll be kind of almost like a procedural or something like that, like a police show or something.
0: Yes, yes. That's a great kind of call because that's kind of what they are, right? Yes, that's a great point, Eric. And then Ahsoka, I know they kind of worded it what kind of series it was going to be, but you got to assume Ezra... Ezra Miller, not Ezra Miller, Ezra Bridges. <laughs> the Flash? <laughs> uh, not the Flash, sorry, uh from uh Rebels will be kind of included in that because the end of that show had you know, another character that they mentioned on the show as well. So like, um, I'm curious in all of this stuff and yeah, seeing a lot of it in series, I think works really well. And then, um, having Patty Jenkins come in and do this, you know, what I like to think in my head is just top gun in space. Is Tom Cruise going to be in it? That would be dope. Uh, Will Kenny Loggins supply the soundtrack? Maybe I would love something like that, dude. That would be so fucking cool. Um, if you just made it a straight up, like, uh, but rogue squadron, I think the video games do for rogue squadron. Like, I think there's a lot of fun stuff that you could do with an awesome movie based on that, that squad. And then, um, yeah, love Lando. Uh, th- I mean, and, uh, what's his name? Hayden Christensen coming back as, as Darth Vader, I think is just absolutely bananas. Never thought I, I'd, uh, I'd be weirdly excited for that. So, um, I have no idea what that show will be, but I like Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan. And I, I, will
1: we see Watto again in Obi-Wan?
0: Maybe. That's all we want. Watto's got to be in Obi-Wan. Come on. If if he's going to be in any of these shows, he's in Obi-Wan. Um, <laughs> Darth Vader goes back and just slices his fucking head off.
1: <laughs> or maybe we finally see Jar Jar Binks die in, in uh, Dude. Obi-Wan. Do you think, I'm asking an honest question
0: here, Eric, is Jar Jar Binks going to appear in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series?
1: Maybe. And maybe it'll be that conspiracy theory that he's the one behind it all. Wouldn't that be incredible? Yeah. I could see that happening because if they are including more of the prequel stuff in there, it's almost like they're trying to redeem some of that or find a way to retcon it in, in a way that, one, it fits in the narrative, but also try to be like, okay, well, we can make this cool. Like in the same way that like, I love Boba Fett. Boba Fett is a cool looking character, but it's all, it's all style, no substance until the Mandalorian and the Mandalorian justified every kid who thought, Boba, Fett was, Boba cool. Fett was cool and then was ruined by Attack of the Clones and his obnoxious I mean, he's child kind of version. With how he dies in in Jedi too. Yeah, yeah. Like, but, but I'm saying like even more so. It's like, yeah. at least he was cool looking. And now it's like, no, he's not just cool looking. He's cool. And it seems like with
0: like what you're saying with a lot of these uh, and Dave Filoni, who is obviously a huge fan of all of George Lucas's work and obviously a Star Wars just expert. Um, is that guy who's like probably pushing to, you know what? No, we need to use these actors and these characters that were in the prequels because it is part of the canon and we can use them in ways that you might make you look differently or make you think, okay, this finally works as a whole package um, because they can kind of fill in some of those, whether they be plot holes or, I mean, casting choices and different things like Tamor Morrison, like uh being cast as Django Fett and then redoing all the dialogue for Boba Fett, right? And now that payoff on this show, I think works really, really awesomely. And like right. it's not even necessarily a payoff. It's it's more of a retcon kind of thing. But um and we're sort of spoiling, sorry, Mandalorian, um, but you guys should definitely go back and watch. But like, dude, when he pops out in that new armor in the newest episode, did you are you caught up? Oh yeah! Like hell yeah, dog! Come on, let's go. Even with his little skirt thing and his like his beer belly or whatever. Well, even
1: without it, like even when when he shows up and like he takes out those stormtroopers without any of the armor, it's, it's dope, it was dude. amazing to watch. Yeah, I was like, yes, finally, I can, I can, I can say that Boba Fett is awesome.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And uh, that was a rumored thing too, that Boba Fett was getting a spinoff, which that we didn't hear about that. Um, right. So, which
1: again, that might still happen. But yeah, Dave Filoni, no phony baloney there, but also he's basically the Kevin Feige he really of Star sure Wars. Is. Yeah. And I
0: think that's the role that I can see him moving into even. Maybe like, not even Kathleen Kennedy's role, but like- I mean, although I could see if there was going to be a successor at this point, that Dave Filoni's probably that guy. Um, but I would like to see. I think Kathleen Kennedy, like people have shit on a lot of Star Wars stuff, and continue to do. Um, I am one of those people that pretty much enjoys, you know, kind of all three of the sequel um, uh, Star Wars movies. Which you know, there's not very many of us that both love Last Jedi and think Rise of Skywalker is fine,
1: sort of. Um, it's I hate it out- when Star Wars fans attack women specifically. Sure, sure. Yeah, and like if you want to if you want to be critical of her, be critical when she says you know a uh, uh, a woman cannot direct a Star Wars movie or or isn't there yet. Like that's something where I was like, okay, Kathleen Kennedy, like, like what is that? I, I don't, don't even understand. That and, and kind of uh, you know made good,
0: I guess, with the. Patty Jenkins.
1: Right. But when when fans are attacking that, you know, it's not J.J. Abrams in control and like, oh, a woman's going to ruin, you know, these movies, like – Being a Star Wars fan nowadays is a really weird thing. Like, it's hard to have conversations with people because you don't want to get in. It's it's almost like talking about politics or money. Like,
0: you don't want to get into the Last Jedi conversation. No, you don't. You don't want to even talk about Rise of Skywalker because that was even sort of divisive too, right? And then, like, I weirdly think that like Rogue One has become that movie that most people are like, yeah, pretty good, (laughs) like.
1: Um, uh, I've fallen off. Of that I, know, like, I know. I think it's. I think it's good. I think, again, like you're not going to get the 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 Gareth uh Edwards movie, but at the same time, you have to accept that. And as a mismatch I think there are some things that work and some things that don't. And I like the Dirty Dozen esque storyline, but I also feel like there's a lot there that wasn't exploited. Further, that could have been kind of a little bit deeper, and and that's another character that I would have loved to have seen like a a spinoff for is Jin Urso is is yeah that character like bring you know Felicity Jones
0: Andor thing first, but uh, and they wouldn't have her in that show because it wouldn't make any sense. So right, I don't know, we'll see. But I'm excited. The like I really. I enjoyed the first season of Mandalorian but the second season I'm starting to love. And it's becoming a show where I'm like like we're getting the finale in in a few days, right? Of this season. Oh,
1: this is this uh, week is the last episode. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Fuck. I know. Yeah. And it's one of those things where I wish was longer and I I I want more of. And that's what I want at a Star Wars again, right? Because I think like you said Eric, it's become kind of a shitty thing to talk Star Wars because it's not like everyone's excited about it you everyone has strong no
1: there's this weird like polarizing thing yeah. where like people are there's a lot of people that are very
0: even mandalorian to an extent because i think a lot of people watch that first season and
1: they territorial were all- over that's what yeah. i wanted to say yeah there yeah.
0: so i hope that I mean, I'm going to still tell people like I, you might've fallen off Mandalorian in the first season, but you got to watch the season. Cause I feel like they took all the best elements of that first season and have just kept the ball rolling and everything feels like it has a purpose where that first season, uh, there were a few to me like kind of, all right, let's, let's get moving again. And then I feel like this season has done a great job of also giving those side stories, but making sure that they, work within the bigger narrative and things like that and don't feel like just purely
1: side stories yeah and they're also again like we mentioned the western thing but like the last episode i don't want to spoil anything because it's you know the second to last episode but like the way that it was basically like a mini version of the wages of fear slash sorcerer you know for for half of the film or for half of the uh, the the episode or man was incredible, and and there's a great scene with him um, going up against um, Richard Drake, or Richard Brake. Pardon me, who is probably best known, uh, character actor who's been in a lot of Rob Zombie movies, but also is best known as playing uh, Joe Chill in uh, Batman Begins.
0: Yes, that's where I just saw him, dude. Thank you. I'm sitting watching Mandalorian, and I'm like, where? I, I'm like, I just saw this guy in something, and I'm like, what did I just watch? Where this guy was in it? Because it, it's so distinct his you yeah. know the way he projects and the way his face looks
1: and stuff. Or He's I'm so not- slimy. He's also in uh uh Doom the uh rock yeah is he movie adaptation yeah.
0: Anyways, I'm pumped for probably most of these. The bad batch again I t- I just said I watched you know all of the animated stuff with uh, Clone Wars and Rebels but like uh, Bad Batch doesn't do much for me. Like, it's again a spin off of a, a group of the clones. Like, what Clone Wars does really well um, is give some humanity to the clone troopers and the clones, and again, some payoff for Django Fett and all of that stuff. So, like, giving distinct personalities to each one of these clones and things like that. So, um, interesting. I know a lot of people love those characters from those shows. That doesn't do much for me. Uh, a droid story obviously seems like it's really geared towards kids and, um, and shorts Willow. I don't even like the first Willow, uh, Indiana Jones. I'm kind of indifferent about, uh, pumped about the two movies and I'm pumped about, you know, all of the series, uh, the live action stuff for the most part.
1: Yeah. I, I, I with the droid thing, I think it's going to be like, you know, the, the Ewoks show yes, that, was, yeah. that was made. So.
0: It'll be BB eight and R2D two and, 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 C3, Dio. Dio, yeah. and Dio. yeah. And Do Yeah all right eric we still got lots to go pal and we haven't we'll loop we'll lump in the spider-man stuff uh with all of this news because it it's all right or what
1: wasn't even said because i feel like the reason why there wasn't really anything officially announced during the disney investor meeting because we were talking about it um you know off the recording before that we thought that the that would be something that would be announced officially because we were hearing all of these, uh, these rumors, right. About what was going on. I didn't, um, because they don't technically
0: like they only are what it's 60, 40 or 80, 20, how they're splitting.
1: Yeah. So Sony being, you know, a a co, you know, distributor or, you know, working with them. I think that's why they didn't announce anything because they don't want to highlight Sony
0: because it like, yes, Spider-Man's profitability, like profitability, uh, helps disney in the long run but not necessarily marvel Studios. so you're not going to tell your investor hey this other studio is going to make a ton of money off of our kind of character kind of thing they didn't mention it so like let's go through everything so um wandavision coming out in uh january 15th we got a new trailer for that i thought was really dope they're leaning really heavily into the different eras of sitcoms as well as uh what's actually happening in the show so you're starting to see some of that reality breaking in in scarlet witch's mind and things like that um you got a little bit of uh but
1: is it her mind or is it somebody that's controlling her her, right because there's a scene where you get the uh um uh, maria rambo's daughter yeah monica um, monica rambo coming in in saying like, I need to tell you something, but it's kind of like cut out like static. Right. So well, I she's feel like,
0: like, yeah, she's like, uh, who are you? She's like, I don't know. And then it kind of like twitches kind of thing. And like, I'm with you where they keep you here on a radio, like, uh, uh, Wanda, what's happening to you? Or like, or what are you doing? And kind of thing. And like, who's doing this to you is I think comes through on the radio. So um, I'm assuming that's whoever the villain of the show will be. And then they. Uh, my theory from everything we've seen is like S.H.I.E.L.D. or whatever becomes of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, this military group is holding her because we've seen some prison-esque kind of footage in this where it feels like. Almost like what uh, Magneto was accused of or did in Logan, where s- his mind was being controlled, which made him you know, kill all these different mutants and have this uh, – Well, not even – I think that's in the original story. In the movie, it was just he was having these uh, like almost seizures, right? Where his mind was You're like – You're
1: talking about Professor X, not yes, Magneto, sorry. right? Sorry,
0: yeah. yes. Use the wrong person. But yes. So I feel like someone's controlling her and making her do – bad things and it's messing up her head and then they have her in this like super prison kind of thing where whoever's messing with her mind is like envisioning all this envisioning uh all this stuff but i don't know I man it. i'm i'm excited i like this probably style. Catherine
1: Hahn probably has something to do with it it seems yeah. like she's almost like the 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 programmed character to kind of like keep things like you know on track so to speak yeah
0: i don't know it looks cool i'm definitely like i've been we're so we're clamoring for some marvel studio stuff and we are like less than a month away from new mcu stuff which is is kind of wild so i'm excited for it i'm curious to see what their first show is going to be like right
1: yeah and and it's also just interesting like again mentioning the plot and the structure story-wise like it feels like some shows do episodes where they're you know they're trapped in like an old sitcom or something or like you know they're in a world that they think is theirs but then they start to realize or see things that you know are kind of giveaways to you know it not being the world that they are in but i'm I'm just hoping that it won't end up like serenity
0: yeah (laughs) god um then that leads us into um they announced that we are getting, uh, the Falcon and the winter soldier in March. They also showed a trailer for that. Um, which is, I think the coolest Falcon has ever looked in, uh, the MCU, because usually I just think he looks kind of doofy flying around. Um, but I, again, I think these two characters separately don't really care about them, but somehow they've made me, uh, sort of intrigued by this show bringing Daniel Brühl back having Wyatt Russell playing this new version of Captain America that could or could not be the villain maybe as well like um he called US Agent who's like appointed by the government to kind of be the next Captain America um and that sounds dope so we see a little bit of that in here but the action looked like it looked like it came from an MCU movie and like that can be both a whatever you want to say about the marvel movies like this didn't look like they were cheaping out for a show to me i don't
1: know right i mean this also just feel more akin to the marvel movies where like wandavision kind of feels like they're doing something that's more experimental and like okay let's actually try i, I mean it's not an original idea necessarily but let's try something different that's different for marvel where this is like okay it feels like know, we're-
0: we're- captain america winter soldier 2
1: yeah yeah so we'll do one that's kind of a little bit sort of outside of the box and then we'll do one that's more for the fans you know it's almost like a weird like one for me one for them although both of them are for them anyways
0: and then i feel like uh they said doctor strange in the multiverse of madness is coming they confirmed sam raimi um is uh directing it uh they said it will tie into both wandavision and spider-man 3 um So, they did reference Spider Man 3 and say that it will have a direct connection, obviously, with Doctor Strange being in Spider Man 3. Uh, Didn't talk about any of the news that came out this week. So, didn't confirm that Alfred Molina is playing. Doc Ock and Jamie Foxx is playing Electro. There's also the rumors that all of the Spider-Men are going to be united in this movie with Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield. I said Kirsten Dunst and
1: uh we also have an announcement to make. We're going to be in Spider-Man yeah, 3.
0: Exactly. Um I'm playing Joe I'm playing Joe Jonah Jameson's uh Jay Jonah Jameson's uh cousin's son.
1: I'm playing um, Teddy Brock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love it.
0: Uh, so I'm not surprised. they didn't talk about Spider-Man, but I thought we could have gotten maybe more confirmation on things there. But again, it kind of makes sense that they don't really have a huge stake in it. It's more about the bigger MCU. That's why they're both sides are playing nice together.
1: Right. And look at it's. It is interesting as well, as we're going through these to talk about the order in which they're happening. So obviously Black Widow, you know, before the pandemic was supposed to be kind of the first one out of the gate. And then in the uh, fall winter, we were going to get Eternals and then WandaVision was going to be somewhere. Was it going to be in between that or was it going to be after Eternals originally? Do you remember? It
0: was going to be, they
1: pushed it to this year originally. So I think it was
0: going to go Black Widow, Eternals, then WandaVision at the
1: end of the year, right? So now it's WandaVision- Falcon and and Winter Soldier. Uh, the Winter Soldier and Black then Widow. Black Widow.
0: Then Loki. Well, which we'll get into that in a second. But yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yes. So the orders all change, and there's even rumors that uh Florence Pugh has a cameo in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, or has it or is in an episode or something like that, as well as um Hawkeye. Hawkeye. So um that's interesting now, if that show was coming before Black Widow, do you still have that, and you just kind of have the reveals out of order, or do you cut that
1: stuff now? I don't know. Hear me out. You put Antonio Banderas back in it from New Mutants. Yeah,
0: that could happen in the Spider-Man movie. But It um, le- looks like they're leaning heavily into the multiverse stuff with WandaVision, Doctor Strange, and, um, and Spider-Man. And then even getting into our next thing so you talked about black widow is still coming in may um loki was the next thing that they showed which dude this out of everything we saw this is the thing that surprised me most and i know you uh, i don't think you're a huge loki fan or tom hiddleston fan in this no Uh, but i i like the character i like him as the character and this was the trailer for me that um i wasn't expecting to love as much as i did i i I was all in and it seems like they're leaning so heavily into this multiverse thing for all of this phase that that really feels like what they're going to lean time travel and multiverse stuff is going to be they planted the seeds in in endgame with the time travel stuff and and even going back to ant-man um and now it just seems like they're going all in. So the Loki show we got a trailer for, and it shows the Loki from Endgame who takes the uh, the cube and he, he time travels essentially around to different either universes or it might be the same timeline that he's messing up um and i don't know everything from the music the way that this was shot it seemed a little bit more typical mcu but also felt like it was getting some weird territory because of all the time travel owen wilson's in it i'm like hell yeah yeah i was like wow um that scene with owen wilson i'm like hell yeah i'm all in on this and they uh showed that the tva will be after him which is like a time travel agency in, in marvel that makes sure all the timelines are correct they're basically like time police time cops and um, john claude van damme i'd be all in i don't know what did you think of this because you're not a huge fan of the character
1: i i like the idea i think the concept is interesting and i'm all for owen wilson looking like his character from bottle rocket again. um yeah i think the idea is interesting i don't hate tom hiddleston I, i i should preface this like i think he's fine i just think he's kind of overrated as like loki is one of the best marvel villains when you know after having done three phases we've had you know both michael b jordan and michael keaton in black panther and spider-man respectively and like it, it feels like like they Marvel did have a villain problem for a very long time, especially like between phases one and two. But we've gotten over that, and it just so it wasn't feels a high like,
0: bar for him to like.
1: No, no, and I, again, like Hiddleston has been good in stuff like you know the Night Manager, the late John Cur- uh, Le Carre, um, adaptation series, and then also like he's he's excellent in Jim Jarmouche's Only Lovers Left Alive. But there's just something about him that this is kind of like. He's doing that kind of, you know, anti-hero thing right off the bat. And it just kind of – it feels like it's a little bit one note after a while. Super nice guy. Uh, oh, I'm I, sure he is. And Nothing against him as a person either. Just, I'm just you know, saying like, my
0: one interaction with him, I was like, man, you are the nicest person who came through the TIFF suite when I was back at Tribute. like, Or the biggest name person who was actually nice to everyone and didn't just pretend we were all not there. <laughs> So, right.
1: Well, he's no tom wilkinson
0: yeah uh loki looks dope definitely go check out that trailer what if sounds or looks and sounds awesome so what if is their animated first animated series and it's basically uh if anyone if you're not familiar with the what if comics they basically mash together different elements of the marvel universe and change different things and tell the same story from either a different perspective or different characters as different things or if something didn't happen or did happen how would it changed the timeline so the one that they're showing the most is uh agent carter becoming captain britain instead of steve rogers becoming captain america and steve rogers uses one of howard stark's early like iron man prototypes to be kind of the iron man mark one as her like sidekick that's a big one that they show they show uh t'chaka become air t'challa becoming uh star lord instead of black panther uh, and that
1: is chadwick boseman's voice right
0: um I think he did record this before he passed away, but I'm not entirely sure. So yeah, the other thing is that all of the actors or a lot of the actors from the MCU are reprising their roles for uh, this animated series. So, uh, Terrence Howard. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Dude, I was going to make a
0: joke of being like, we better get Terrence Howard and and Edward Norton in Spider-Man 3.
1: (laughs) Right. Just go all out.
0: Are you interested in what if at all? Yeah,
1: I mean, what if for me, what it kind of looked like, what kind of interested me about it? It it almost kind of looks like it's framed as like you know, tales from the crypt, in a way. Exactly, it. The watcher
0: played by Jeffrey Wright. Right, it's going to be Tim Gordon. Yeah he's, go- yeah, he's going to be
1: telling you like these stories from these alternate universes, which um, I'm- Yeah, there's infinite stories because there's so many possibilities or different scenarios. I just like that setup more so than anything else. I mean, I don't know, like, again, like it, anthology shows, it depends on the story, if, if if it's interesting or not. But like, just in terms of what it is, it almost does feel like they're doing their kind of like, you know, basically tales from the crypt kind of Marvel thing. Not that it's like scary or anything, but more so just like the idea, like you have a character character, introduce a story and like, I don't think he'll tell puns or say puns or anything, but like, you know, like he'll introduce it and, and then close it. And then in between that, you have the story, which it would also be interesting to see if any of that actually connects into the multiverse stuff.
0: Yeah, that could be really, really cool. Because again, everything we've talked about so far in all of these, maybe minus Black Widow and Falcon and the Winter Soldier, although who knows, kind of tie into that multiverse and time travel kind of thing. So next up, they confirmed Shang-Chi's still coming, essentially. I don't know if there was any new news from that.
1: I think they just announced that it's in post now. Yeah. Uh,
0: then they went into Ms. Marvel. Um, they confirmed the casting for that. Um, God, I'm blanking on her name. Uh, she's from Toronto. Uh, a, a young woman got uh, announced. Il- Ilani or something? Uh, I'll get it. Uh, or Eric, can you Google that for me while we go through? Yeah,
1: I think it's Iman. Emon. Emon,
0: Yeah. Nevis knows because Nevis interviewed her back at TIFF for their um, next wave committee and things like that.
1: Iman, uh Velonani
0: Velani or something yeah. Villani, yeah yeah that makes sense they showed a little sizzle reel behind the scenes showing like how important this character is to a lot of people one of the newest Marvel characters in the comics that they're now bringing uh you know to uh a Disney Plus series um looks cute we didn't I, see much from it but um I'm definitely intrigued by it and then they also announced that she would be playing Ms Marvel in Captain Marvel Two, which they confirmed that Nia DaCosta will be directing. Um, and also um, Monica Rambeau will also uh, go from WandaVision to being in uh, Captain Marvel 2 as well. Uh, so good on Nia DaCosta. She was, uh, there's some funny tweets with her after um, saying like she could finally confirm that she was doing it. She told Marvel to tag her in the post, the cowards. Um Love that. Love that. And I, uh great choice for, we've talked about, you know, her getting hired for Captain Marvel too, but I'm um, excited to see Brie Larson kind of, you know, I think maybe be more comfortable in the role now and see how they kind of, what, I guess it would be in the modern uh, day. It's not going to be another period piece and things like that too.
1: Right. But she also might be out in space somewhere, right? Because I think that's, that's kind of like. Yeah. Cause it might almost be like, I would be curious to see if there's any stuff like in between <clears throat> the Avengers movies. Right. Like, so like, cause the story, the first one takes place in the nineties. And then like at the end of that film, she leaves to go and help other planets and societies. Probably and things probably like be that. That, but
0: there has to be something that brings her back. Right. Right. Sorry. My mom is asking me for my Disney plus password. Um, <laughs> On topic at least. Um, then we get into, uh, Eternals, uh, obviously got moved to, uh, uh, November of next year. Uh, then they confirmed the casting of Haley Steinfeld in Hawkeye as Kate Bishop. Um, so, uh, that is filming right now. There was all these photos that kind of came out. Um, they did, con- did they confirm that Florence Pugh was going to be in the series during this or uh I
1: do, I do i don't think so but they did uh, announce that um vera farmiga is also confirmed as playing uh, kate yes. bishop's mom yeah um but we should also mention uh, quickly as well that so a lot of these are coming out next year so wandavision loki uh falcon and the winter soldiers and black uh, widow, Eternals. what if black widow so like what holy if, fuck what if and eternals yeah, so that's oh, an onslaught of-
0: chi isn't Shang-Chi as well? Or 2022? Uh,
1: good question. I'm going to look that up right now as you keep talking. Those all might be next year. Is Hawkeye next year? No, right? 2021. No, I think, yeah, I think it's 2021, 22. Oh shit, Shang-Chi is 2021. Yeah. Dude, we're getting so much Marvel next year. See, that's the one thing I do. Like, again, we were talking about like the Star Wars stuff where it's like, you're just getting so much of it. Oh, they might move it, though. It might have been moved. I think Um, it might have. But I mean, it does say right now on IMDb July 9th, but I think that's going to change. Anyways, there's a lot
0: lot of Marvel stuff next year. Uh, They moved on to confirming that Tatiana Masolini is going to be uh, uh, She-Hulk. So that series is coming. Uh, Another piece of news that I... Uh, wasn't really expecting, but Tim Roth uh, is going to be coming back as Abomination.
1: Uh, I just like every like. So William Hurt has been brought back into the fold. Now Tim Roth, like Liv we're just Tyler. waiting. Liv Tyler's got to be in the show, right? You'd think that, but that's been a weird one because like they they haven't really referenced at all. Anything with Betty Ross, which is kind of interesting because I mean, like you look at that story, but that relationship between, you know, her and Bruce and like, that's an important, you know, part of, of that character and that story in that world. And it's like, it, she's kind of been at this point completely erased. So yeah,
0: dad still being an integral part of the story. Um, right,
1: yeah. So like it's like <laughs> the only other person that wouldn't be invited back at this point is 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 Ed Norton. Oh, oh, and Tim Blake Nelson as the leader. Like that's the other guy that they were setting up in the Incredible.
0: But I wouldn't be surprised, man. Like with everything that is happening now with this Spider-Man stuff, fucking Hayden Christensen's coming back. Like I I I wouldn't put anything past them at this point where I'm like, Yeah, I, I literally wouldn't be surprised if you're like, no, Terrence Howard and Edward Norton are playing the hulk and war machine in spider-man 3 or some multiverse thing or, or whatever
1: and again it'll be interesting to see what she hulk is because if it's kind of like a like attorney-esque show like what kind of format are they going to do are they going to copy like law and order or something like that where It'd like each episode she you know she's a defense lawyer or something and represents like or does she work for you know the state that she's in like that'll be interesting like we were talking because <laughs> we were watching um uh, Harvey Birdman. We were talking about like that before as well, that Harvey Birdman, like, I kind of hope that there's some sort of irreverence to the show that Harvey Birdman had with the Hanna-Barbera stuff.
0: Yeah. Um, they announced, uh, Moon Knight was still coming, although they said it was going to be like a, uh, Indiana Jones style series. um, but then they didn't confirm Oscar Isaac. So right. where they did confirm a lot of this other casting. So do you think that deal's not done? Something held it up,
1: or you, well, I think so because I mean, you look at Oscar Isaac has a few productions that are in the process right now. Um, he's doing a HBO series version of Scenes from a Marriage, which has kind of been um, was in production, and then I think was. Halted because of a a COVID outbreak. So, like, you have to think, like, you know, where is this going to fit in his schedule? Like, I'm looking at it now. So, he's finished uh, the card counter. He's Dune is done. Um, Scenes from a Marriage he's working on right now. Um, He was going to do the James Gray film Armageddon Time. So, it's probably his deal isn't finished yet. But I wouldn't be surprised if it works out. But then maybe maybe Disney again. Like, I mean, he was very vocal during. Um, you know, the, the, the press run for rise of Skywalker that he would never do another star Wars related thing again. So who knows?
0: Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, they confirmed that the rumored Nick Fury series with Samuel L. Jackson is going to be secret invasion and that Ben Mendelsohn, uh will be returning to be in that series as well. So that is about the, uh, the scrolls kind of in fading earth and kind of being, You know, imposters everywhere. And in the Marvel Comics thing, it was revealed that a bunch of the Marvel heroes that you knew for a while were scrolls, secretly scrolls. So like uh it'll be interesting. It's like a huge crossover in the comics, which leads into like secret war.
1: Scrolls were also villains in the the original comics.
0: Where this they might portray them as villains again, right? Because they were looking for another home after their home was destroyed. So they started invading earth and, and basically being this aliens among us kind of thing. Um, so I don't know They potential. For so men in of, black. Yeah. Uh, they're a potential potential for a lot of like Marvel characters to show up in this as well. But, um, I, I'm very curious and I, I'm, I'm interested to see how they do this as a series and if it will lead into is secret wars going to be their next, like, you know, infinity war kind of thing. um, especially with this multiverse kind of thing going on as well. Um, Then we got an announcement that their uh, Ironheart is coming, um, which is the Iron Man kind of spinoff, which is starring a character named Riri Williams, who ends up basically making her own Iron Man armor um, that she has for herself. So um, super dope that they're going to probably be continuing, you know, Uh, both in the next two shows we talked about, like some of the threads that they had during the Iron Man series and kind of building off that. So even though, you know, Tony Stark is no longer with us, um, that franchise will kind of continue in different ways. So you got to think that Jon Favreau could potentially be here. Um, and happy
1: Hogan returns. Yeah, I
0: mean, he's already in all the Spider-Man movies, but, um, I'm excited. I Ironheart I thought was the perfect way of continuing and having a new, you know, iron person in the MCU um and could lead into Young Avengers. I also see that as another thread that we're seeing in a lot of these movies is that there is a very young actor or actress that gets cast as a young version of either a character or a new character. So they could be leaning. That's
1: an apprentice to the one yeah. that's already there. So you have Haley Steinfeld in Hawkeye. We'll be talking about uh, Ant Man yeah. and the Wasps uh, in a second, where, you no, know, I totally agree. Even with Miss Marvel, like it feels like, okay, this could be the next generation of Avengers or like. Kid Avengers. So or I think you're
0: like. going to have two different Avengers teams. So I should say that uh, Dominique Thorne uh, was cast as Riri Williams, um, and yeah, I'm seeing that you could have the New Avengers, which is a comic series from Marvel, which I think is what you would call that movie. you would just call it New Avengers, and you could do Secret Wars or whatever. Um, and that you have some of the older characters, like you have Brie Larson leading that with you know uh, Thor and and the leftover. You know, uh, adult characters—not adult in a raunchy way, but you know, people literally. Yeah, I, I, adult, I know what you the mean. Older characters, the, the veterans. veterans. Yes, veterans versus rookies, and then you have new Avengers, which could have Iron Heart, could have the uh, Kate Bishop, Hawkeye, um, and uh, some other characters that they've been setting up for a while too. So that could be really, really cool. So I'm all in on an Ironheart series. I think it can be fantastic, and
1: uh, I, I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm down as well. I think it could be a fun show, and it also kind of perfectly segues into uh, yes. Armor Wars. Yes. So
0: Armor Wars is the next one. Another one I was not expecting. So uh, Don Cheadle is confirmed to be playing War Machine in the series, and it's based off of a uh, famous Marvel Comics, uh, you know, event where Tony Stark's, uh, you know, all of his technology lands in the wrong hands, and you got to think Sam Rockwell's got to be in this, right?
1: Oh yeah, probably. Yeah. The hammer's returning. Yeah. But I mean we saw a little bit of that though as well in in Spider-Man Far From Home. Or no, not Far From Home, but Homecoming. We saw that with with Keaton's vulture where you know like he was pillaging and taking um, you know, equipment, whether it be, you know, Stark industry related or alien and how even they were Spider
0: Man movies, really. Mysterio was doing the same thing,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. So Tony Stark is to blame for all of this. Yeah, really, that's like,
0: I, I love that they're somehow keeping that overarching thread of Tony Stark being, you know, he is the MCU and that his legacy, good or bad, lives on in, in everything, basically. And like, uh, armor wars could be really cool you got to think that it's going to be cheetle versus it rockwell throughout the whole series because that's usually what happens is justin hammer is the guy that gets contr- finally gets control of the thing he was so desperately wanted in iron man 2 right and then you have no whiplash there to kind of <laughs> uh you know take away from it or be like i don't know but um
1: I, i'm or they'll bring back the the mandarin
0: yeah, but Mandarin's supposed to be in Shang Chi, right? So maybe that ties into this as well. But um, I'm not sure. But I'm I'm here for it. I never thought I'd be excited for a Don Cheadle led. I like Don Cheadle a lot actually. But um I do too. Uh, him as War Machine, I always thought it was a good, you know, Robin to Tony Stark's Batman. So it'll be interesting to see um, him. You know, lead something, and if a war machine kind of show will work,
1: I think it will just because it's under the brand of Marvel. Like I think it'll do fine.
0: Yeah, exactly. Then we're getting the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, holiday special from James Gunn. Uh, he's going to be shooting and do that at the same time as he's doing Guardian of the Galaxy Volume Three. Um, just going to be a one-off, probably you know, half hour, forty minutes or something
1: yeah and he said that he's a huge fan of the star wars christmas special so maybe it'll be kind of weird in that i think way. it'll play off of that right and
0: poke fun at that a lot uh i am groot which is going to be uh a uh kid show right like a one-off like maybe not it's still marvel studios but it's going to be like short stories about groot doing stuff right baby Groot, right. sure to
1: see vin diesel in the recording booth oh well, I mean, my time, I'm say i'm groot yeah
0: Will my infamous uh, crossover with Baby Yoda happen? We'll see. Uh, Grogu, please. Sorry, Grogu. Yeah, Uh, the Thor Love and Thunder logo. What a logo! Um, But they did confirm that you know Taika Waititi is. I think they're shooting it right now, right? And then uh, yeah,
1: in Australia,
0: and uh, Christian Bale was confirmed as Gore, the God Butcher. Yes,
1: Uh, the the villain with
0: the hairy nipples yeah it's true that is kind of true um and then kind of uh that was the big announcement from thor love and thunder um but then we also got news that um jamie alexander is also returning as lady sif
1: yeah but they didn't confirm that for the presentation but they didn't also say anything about uh chris pratt either yeah that's true
0: um we're still getting blade with Mahershala Ali. Um, they didn't really go into any details on blade. Uh, we got the title of the next Ant-Man movie, which is going to be Ant-Man and the Wasp quantum mania, (laughs) pretty stupid name, but uh, whatever. Um, and then we also got news that, um, they're recasting Cassie Lang as, um, Oh God, we just saw her in freaky. What's her name? Catherine Newton. Catherine Newton. Um, is playing Cassie Lang in this, uh, which I'm assuming is because they want again, young Avengers and Cassie Lang does, you know, eventually become a hero as well. So, um, I guess I forget who even played her in end game.
1: Yeah, I, I can't remember her name either, but like, it'll be interesting as well to see if they bring back, like we're talking about like the new Avengers or like the younger generation, but like, you know, Catherine Langford, her scene being cut out of, um, Avengers, uh, as a uh, game. Uh, Dark's daughter, right? Yeah. So I wonder if they kind of bring her back, uh, into the fold.
0: Potential. There was rumored that the, uh, kid from Iron Man three would be iron lad um as well. So I don't know. It's a good oh, well, name. They did
1: confirm that Iron uh, Lad. Uh
0: that what's his name? Ty
1: Simpkins, right? Yeah, is well, Ty
0: Simpkins. Yeah. They didn't talk about him. But they confirmed in Ant-Man that the villain is going to be um Jonathan Majors who is playing Kang the Conqueror. Uh right. which going back to time travel multiverse thing, like Kang is a huge part of that. And like people are saying that Kang could be the Thanos of this phase and if it is really really dealing with time travel and alternate universes and alternate timelines like that is a huge 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 character that potentially could be introduced in this movie and then be like a giant part of the MCU moving forward
1: so he's the krang of this
0: universe yeah i love krang man um but yes i I think that potentially uh could be huge and would be leading into they talked about also black panther 2 and how they weren't going to recast chadwick boseman but they are working to make that film and honor wakanda as a whole and the different characters that you met in that first movie
1: and that Um, ryan coogler is working on it right now
0: and then the Kang stuff, I think, kind of ties into the last announcement they had, which was John Watts will be directing a Fantastic Four movie at Marvel Studios. So moving from Spider Man, uh, th- the Spider Man trilogy of- in the MCU, over to now a Fantastic Four movie
1: yeah i'm i'm excited about that i know a lot of people were kind of like weirdly like fan casting that or like hoping that john krasinski and emily blunt would do it maybe they still will they could like just in, in the roles direct, but direct yeah yeah but I, I mean i i like all well I, I really do like uh those two spider-man movies that uh john watts directed and even i didn't love it but i think that like cop car the movie he directed before that with kevin bacon was a lot of fun so yeah, he's, okay. a, he's a solid director so it's kind of nice to see like i'd rather see him come back and do something like peyton more reed. than like peyton reed. <laughs> yeah.
0: no i agree with you there and like um i think kang from ant-man could tie into bringing a peyton reed connection uh into fantastic four as well so um yeah i think he started to plant those seeds in the spider-man movies with um the avengers tower and who potentially could be taking control of that building and it was either going to be oscorp or reed richards right so now it looks like if he's moving straight to fantastic four he maybe even starts teasing it out in uh spider-man 3 as well right like i could see that being the if sony lets them because that's not really like is the stinger in spider-man 3 going to be uh promoting this new Sony spider verse side of things, or will it be promoting what John Watts is doing next with fantastic four, or maybe both who knows. Um, And then that is it on the announcement side of things for, we did two hours and 11 minutes on one presentation. We did it. (laughs) Um, It's done. I'm excited for more Marvel stuff. I think uh, everything I, they announced way more than I was expecting them to, And they showed way more than I was expecting them to. And so much of this is coming next year, supposedly. I could also see us getting to March, April, um, and realizing, okay, theaters still aren't open. We got to put Black Widow out. It's going on premiere access uh or just them punting everything right again which everything just shifts over one release date so
1: right yeah and i mean maybe that's also why they kind of gave us so much is just because it's like you know it it gives you an idea that like we're doing this it's going to happen it it's just a matter of you know when things lift that we can release it and then on top of all that you have all these kind of like filmmakers and actors trying to work out their schedules. So like, you have to kind of keep that in mind as well when it comes to, you know, shooting a lot of this, you know, right now, Dr. Strange and Spider-Man are shooting. Shang-Chi is finished. Um, Thor is shooting is shooting. So there, there's a lot of stuff that is happening. Like everything is, is in the process of being, you know, produced or made. And like, I'm again, like I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that they didn't announce that they are you know working on like i mean they mentioned with blade you know that they don't have anybody yet but they're you know in the process and that announcements will be made so it'll be it'll be interesting as well because like thinking about like you know disney doing this and like d23 and how like comic con has almost become this kind of like it's basically like for at least on the marvels point of view and maybe DC a little bit now as well. Like it's almost become irrelevant.
0: Yeah. I think like each studio will just have its own little event thing and it should like, they're also realizing they probably don't need to go to these things because everything's online now. It's the same thing we're seeing in the, you know, theatrical space of like, sure. I think theaters are more needed than marketing presentations at conventions and things like that. But um, I, I could see like, We're not going to get another thing like this for, you know, five years at least, because they just announced four years worth of content. Um, We're going to get little things here and there, because this isn't obviously everything they're doing. Um, Yeah,
1: Guardians 3 is, I mean, they mentioned Guardians 3, but it is not on... that schedule which i thought was interesting yeah
0: because like who knows exactly like this stuff will shift around and things will push and things will get added or subtracted um uh and things like that
1: the inhumans comes back remember
0: that no dude um so yeah i I, I, i'm super pumped that whole day was just wild and i remember nevis was like oh i was like seeing when you get like excited over this nerdy shit because i'll be like clapping or yelling at the tv because like I'm like what like certain things getting announced and characters that you've always wanted to see on screen or series and like, or actors that get announced for things. And I'm like, I truly, I'm like, I'm not embarrassed to say that. Like I, the MCU, I just like re fell in love with loved it. Then when, uh, I remember um, Age of Ultron came out seeing that with you, I think. Uh, didn't we see it together or no? Uh at, sure did. And, and Whippy and just being like, I don't know if I need any more of this. And then it winning me back with phase three with some of the kind of interesting choices that they did and then just going all in. And it is that kind of popcorn, junk foodie, you know, soap opera, something constant in my life that I know is there that I just kind of have fun with. And and you they do it's corny but like and there's not a lot of depth to a lot of the movies but the character relationships in this big world that they're creating is and have created is the reason why we're getting 87 projects in the next like three years and i mean uh i just unabashedly like just enjoy the shit out of them and uh i'm i never thought i'd be more excited for marvel stuff at a point than star wars stuff but Both franchises I still have loved since I was a kid, and a lot of it rests on nostalgia and and things not letting go of the past and all those kind of negative things of like, okay, all this stuff's great, but I would have also loved a couple slides on Searchlight and some of the original stuff that you guys are doing or uh, things like that, right? Like who are the but that wasn't for this crowd. Searchlight's not gonna be the thing that makes Disney, you know, their next billion dollars. Um or five billion dollars, I guess you need to say now. But uh their investors don't really care what searchlight's doing. It's not gonna move, you know, make the stock go up. But then that is the stuff that I hope we also see and go, okay, all this stuff's fun. I know that you love it and that the majority of the planet loves it, but uh investing in the future of, you know, cinema with stuff like searchlight and a lot of the things we talk about that like, yes, Disney can seem evil on paper to a lot of people, but I feel like there is a lot of the pros and cons to their business model the business in general and and how they're you know evolving the the movie industry and i don't think i don't know i i had a blast that day watching all the announcements and uh i just really hope they continue to use the money they make on this stuff to invest in searchlight i mean the other announcement we didn't uh talk about is that 20th Century Fox and, and, and Fox Searchlight will be producing movies exclusively for, not exclusively, but they will be producing movies for Hulu as well. So some people were worried that they're just regulating those movies to Hulu now instead of them being theatrical movies and things like that. So we'll see how that all plays out. But um, I still, I'm more excited for the Marvel and Lucasfilm stuff than some of the other Disney properties because their live action stuff has been hit or miss or just felt pointless. But, um, I was pretty pumped that day, man. And it was, it was, we're not going to get something like this for a while. And even though it is marketing and business jargon uh, it's still totally won me. And I got very, very excited.
1: Yeah. It's, it's also just nice to have it in a time in a, in a year that's kind of been a complete write-off and it gives you something to be not only excited about down the line, but it just kind of helps you kind of escape for a little bit, you know, of of the world that's currently around you you know like families not being able to get together for the holidays and and things like that and like you know the stresses of you know working from home if you're even lucky to be working uh, right now and things like that so if you have something that kind of you know excites you and kind of keeps you focused in and on you know that than having to think about what's going on. It's, it's similar to the great depression. You know, a lot of people during the great depression found solace watching movies and going to the movie theater. And obviously we can't go to the movie theater right now, but when you hear, you know, like projects are being made, it's, it's kind of like the, the thing with like Oprah when she's like, and everybody gets a new car. Yeah. And like, it's like oh, check under your seats. Like it kind of was like that, that for yeah. like four hours. Um, And, and, and again, like, I I take this as a kind of like movie and show by show and movie by movie basis. Like I, I know that some of it will be better than other, you know, it depends who's, you know, spearheading it and things like that. But I also just look at it as comfort food and just kind of enjoying the ride overall and knowing that there will be something down the line. And that's the thing that I'm, I'm kind of most excited about what I have loved of uh, a Fox searchlight, you know, reveal that personally, I, I, get what you were talking about where it's like the investors don't give a shit and they don't. And that's fine. That's just a reality. Have, yeah. yeah it's mean, more of a cinema cinemacon kind of thing than anything else. Right. I like even where
0: it's it regulated to the two or three movies
1: or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it would be amazing if like, like a 24 or neon did one of those things and they just had like this huge wall of like, you know, and like we're, we're, we're having, you know, Ron Howard's finally making the movie. He's been Desperately trying to make and like it flips the, s- the script on him a little bit or oh, something yeah. if like I that. Were, or just a you
0: know, social team at one of these other like smaller like art house studios or something like that. I'd be pitching right now to do a parody of the Disney investor call of just being like getting them and then doing the exact same layout, but having like you said, like A24 and then just all the logos for their movies.
1: <laughs> like, and guys, and you know, Green Knight yeah, is coming yeah. and you know, Zola is almost I'm here. Sure and someone
0: like, on Twitter has uh, on film Twitter has already done that but um actually or not i'm gonna do that right after this (laughs) and like just be like oh a24 in 2016 and put all their logos on on that um but no it was a blast and it was a blast talking to you about it and i uh, yeah i'm just excited for new stuff and i'm excited to you know we have Wonder Woman coming up. We already watched Soul. There's lots of good promising young women, um, which we can talk about now, uh, since it's the 14th, but uh, but
1: it also got moved, uh, in yeah. Canada to the beginning of next year. So, yeah, so. you won't
0: hear our review. We did a great review with uh, Joey Noel from Kind of Funny. Uh, you'll hear that in the new year. Uh, we are allowed to talk about it though, so it's fantastic. Um, uh, it's probably my favorite movie of the year. Um, so uh, stay. Stay tuned for that. It's just weird. We're allowed to talk about it. They're asking politely if we would post a review next year because, again, no one can go to the theater and go see it. So, um, we'll talk about it when it's coming into theaters, but it's fantastic. Um, yeah. Focus Features comes out. We have Promising Young Woman and we have Come Play and we have,
1: anyways, The Card Carrier and Last Night in Soho. Yeah.
0: Um, Well, thank you all for listening. Uh, If you like this, uh, like we just mentioned, we have a couple other podcasts that we would love for you guys to go check out. Uh, Untitled Movie Conversations. uh, We had a very kind of funny couple weeks. So uh, we have uh, interviews up right now with... Nick Scarpino, and Joey Noel from Kind of Funny. Uh, We also have an episode with Joey Magison, who is the uh, editor-in-chief of Awards Radar. We talk about Oscar season and things like that. Uh, So go check out those three episodes of Untitled Movie Conversations. Uh, And our reviews channel, Untitled Movie Reviews, has brand new reviews up uh, for all the newest films. We will be reviewing stuff like wonder woman the aforementioned promising young woman um as well news of
1: the world the world, midnight, sky, yeah, midnight sky ma rainey's black bottom yep. we've got we got plenty of stuff still to come
0: yep until the probably we'll just move right into january because it's going to be an interesting one this year oh yeah um it won't be your typical january i guess but it'll also because anyways that whole listen to the episode with joey magiston because uh we talk about all that kind of stuff um and as always, my name is Matt Rohrbeck. You can find more of my work around the internet, but mostly at UntitledMoviePodcast.com. And you can follow me on all of those social medias at Matt Roerbeck. You can also follow this podcast on all of our social medias at Untitled underscore cast. Uh, you might notice a new look for everything. It's just uh, we wanted to spice up our...
1: So fresh and so clean. Eric, go ahead. Yes. And I'm Derek Merkin. Uh, You can find more of my uh, video reviews on rogerstv.com slash scene, And I'm on the social medias at EM6211. Till next time. Let's get buck wild.